So thanks for being here. Um, uh, just so you guys know, I want to introduce you guys to uh, Nathan Head and King Spotty or Spotty Wi-Fi, two authentic uh, CryptoPunk holders. And we're talking like the real deal CryptoPunk holders. These are the, you know, one of the CryptoPunks uh, went for $11 million, just over $11 million. So these guys are obviously, uh, you know, doing pretty well. <laughs> and uh, respect they they, were, uh, they uh, have some pretty cool crypto punks as punks as well and Sp and spotty over there king spotty as he likes to be known king of pop I'm just kidding king of rap he is uh, he's actually dropping an album and he can he can talk about it more but uh, he's dropping a really cool he's he's dropping an album in a really cool way a unique way I think it's the first time it's ever been done. So I'm I'm excited about like talking about it, but uh, I also want to talk about crypto punks and po and possibly the history of like crypto punks and just NFTs in general, if that's cool with you guys. And uh, yeah, if you guys want to introduce you guys yourselves real quick, King Spotty and Nathan, and uh, you know. Yeah, that sounds great, man. Um, so yeah, my name is Spotty Wi-Fi. Um, I am. There's ten thousand crypto punks. I'm one of hundred and twenty-four of them that have spots on their face. And I am the world's first, best, and only CryptoPunk rapper. Other rappers might own a CryptoPunk, but I am a CryptoPunk. That's the distinction. And um, yeah, I'm super happy to be here. And I'm a big fan of Nathan's as well. So it's cool to speak with you, bro. Glad to, glad to make this happen. Hey, uh, thank you for that. My, my name's Nathan Head. I am a photographer. I've been doing photography for about... Uh, about seven years or so i got into nfts uh september last year and i've been sort of releasing my own um photography nfts uh since then and i got my crypto punk towards the end of march last year got it for about um i think it was 18 ethereum at the time um and yeah i've sort of just been you know riding the wave ever since and it's been great um Having a crypto bunk, I, I wouldn't have uh, chosen anything else. I think it's been such a such a great experience so far. That's pretty cool. So that is where, I, if you guys don't mind, I want to start there. It's like when crypto punks first came out. Did you guys did you guys know about crypto punks when they first came out in 2017, or were you guys, was it more of like a long time, a little bit of time? Obviously, Nathan, I heard you just say that you bought one. I think you said 2020 um, or just recently, and. King Spotty, how long have how long have you guys both had your crypto punks and like do you know what they used to cost when they first come out they came out? So when they came out, they were free to claim. Um, you know, you so that. that was in 2017. They were absolutely free. You all you, I mean, you had to run some sort of software that was pretty obscure. It wasn't a, it, like I don't even think there was MetaMask at the time. Um, and uh, Richard might know more about the history of this than me, but um Nobody really like they sat there for a few weeks, I believe. And then I think it was I want to say I can't remember the publication if it was like something like Gizmodo or somebody like that. Um, they they posted an article explaining like these crypto punks might change the future of art. And that shone a big light on the crypto punks. And then within hours of that article going live, they were all claimed. So you could literally go on and you could pick them out. You could pick out which ones you wanted. You, you, could, you could claim all the aliens if you wanted to. And in fact, somebody did claim most of the aliens. At one point, there's a guy by the name of Stray Bits who had most of them. Um, but anyways, I, I did not know about them at that time. I learned about them 
in February from a friend of mine named CryptoNovo311. He's a good follow on Twitter. And um, at that time, I think the only NFTs I owned were NBA Top Shop moments. And then I just, I felt really, uh, by this point, I was like really believing in NFTs and in the, in the technology because I, I had already been in crypto for a few years. And so I just decided, you know what, if crypto punks are sort of the, you know, they've been called the rookie card of NFTs, they've been called sort of the, the gold standard of NFTs or whatever. I said, if, if I'm in a position where I can, I can do it, then I should buy one. And uh, I did in, in late February. It was, it was a big investment for me. It was 27 ETH at that time. Worth every penny, right? Yeah. Hey, Richard. Yeah, it's been great. Hey, Richard, did you have... Did you have a? Do you have a uh, Richard? Do you have a little bit more uh, knowledge on the CryptoPunks you want to share? Or thanks for coming up, by the way. Um, no, I, well, you know, a little bit of history about the CryptoPunks is that it actually it actually was the inspiration for the ERC seven twenty one, because yeah. you know I actually know the the founder of or the creator of crypto or the creator of CryptoKitties, and we were talking one day. He's like, "Have you seen these things called CryptoPunks?" Right? And he's like, "I want to make a project kind of, kind of similar to that." Right? And uh, he was with, with the head of the head of Dapper Labs at, at that point. And Dapper Labs went on to create CryptoKitties, which as part of that ended up creating the ERC-721 standard, which is now what we all know as NFTs. So that's kind of like how NFTs came about as inspiration from CryptoPunks. Very cool. So question again, guys, how do you guys feel about all of the CryptoPunk derivatives or projects that have come out like when I when I I went on to OpenSea recently, and I saw like I literally just typed in CryptoPunk just to you know looking for things, and there were over 150 punk projects on OpenSea alone. How do you, how do you guys do you think that devalues the original CryptoPunks? And when people are wearing all these these alt punks around, do you think that's a, a problem for you guys, or do you think it's like hey you know what it doesn't matter because the blockchain shows we have the originals? Or how do you guys feel about that? Well, I think the interesting thing around it is uh, people are using them as identity right now, and there is kind of notoriety and I guess like clout around having a CryptoPunk, right? And you know the interesting conversations right now are how do you verify that someone actually does own a CryptoPunk? Uh, what is the provenance behind a CryptoPunk? And that, or like you know owning an NFT in general. And then the second thing here is like you know there's a lot of I guess conversations around you know. Uh, intellectual property laws, especially on CryptoPunk, because you know, crypto, uh, Larva Labs has been going after some projects that have kind of like taken on the likeness of CryptoPunks, whereas if you think of a project like Board Apes that says uh, have the, has an open license to any owner that they can monetize their IP, right? And so it's kind of like this big discussion of like, you know, in the Web3 world, what does it mean for, you know, different intellectual properties that exist on a decentralized blockchain? And that's an interesting thing because you uh, brought up the commercialization of it because technically you aren't allowed to commercialize it, but you can commercialize it for up to $100,000 per year. So it's kind of, you can't use it, but you can use it. They kind of contradicted themselves in their actual release forms. So that's a really uh, interesting subject. Uh, it's, I think it's a very much a gray area. Um, first, real quick, Amy, I, I want to address that point, but first, real quick, to answer Lucas's question, I think that um, I think that some of the derivatives are tr are transformative, right? Like some of the um, 
and I can't even remember the names of them right now, but some of the ones where it's like they're changing the colors, the, what, what's it like? The bastard punks or something like that. I don't even know, but there are some that are clearly like, okay, that's not a real crypto punk. That's a transformative work. There are others to me that are just clearly, uh, making huge potential for people new to the space to not know what they're buying. Um, like the funks, for example, the PHUNKs, I'm not a fan of them, for example, and I've been, I've been vocal about that. Um, so I, I think that not all derivatives are made equally. And um, I think that in as much as a project can create confusion for a buyer, especially a new buyer, I am not a fan at all. I think that's, that's a real problem. Um, and then on the, on the question of commercializing the punks, that is a really good question, a really big question that Amy brought up. I think that the truth is nobody knows with a hundred percent certainty, uh, what the status of a crypto punk owner's commercial usage rights are right now, because in my opinion, Larva Labs overlooked this when they deployed the smart contract and created the CryptoPunks. If you Google CryptoPunk copyright, you'll find a blog post from an attorney named Eric Adler, who claims that he was approached by he was approached by Larva Labs shortly after they created the CryptoPunks. He says that they wanted to assign the copyrights to the owners, meaning that they would wash their hands of any any intellectual property rights, and they would completely be transferred or assigned to the CryptoPunk holders. But unfortunately, they had already deployed the contract. They already had thousands of people that had claimed them or bought and sold them around the world. And so, and, and these people are largely anonymous. So it was like the genie was out of the bottle. It was, it was too late to do that. Um, so he drafted a copyright license that he posts on this blog article. You can read it. That license is very favorable. It does not mention 100K revenue per year limit. Then in 2019, one of the Larva Labs guys, I don't remember if it was Matt or John, but one of them went into the CryptoPunks Discord and said, hey, now we're using the Nifty license. You can go to niftylicense.org, I think it is. It might be .com, but I think it's .org. And you can read what that is. It's actually a license that was written and designed for the CryptoKitties. That one does list 100K per year revenue limit. That does seem to be the model that they used for the terms and conditions for the MeBits, because there is a terms and conditions page on the Larva Labs website for the MeBits. But there is no terms and conditions page for the CryptoPunks on the CryptoPunks website. So the idea that a random discrete post in an obscure discord server from 2019 the idea that that would govern all of the purchases and sales of cryptopunks uh since that time much less before that time is uh is something that i think will will be challenged you know before this is all said and done basically I'm glad you clarified that because it's um, it is really hard to find anything. Like you said, there's nothing really out there. And I did see the other one, which was definitely a hell of a lot more favorable to the owners of CryptoPunks. But obviously, when you're looking at dates and things like that, you kind of just go with obviously you try and think the newest one is going to be the one that would be used as 
the standard if it does have to go down to a copyright or if there's to be any legalities. But, yeah, it's a bit unfortunate there's not something more obvious that gives everyone a guide because if they're taking down things with uh, DMCAs and and whatnot on OpenSea and other platforms and trying to get people to stop using it when they may actually be legitimate holders, they need to have good cause, I think, from and and you need to have some sort of recourse as an owner to be able to use it too. No, I think the interesting thing is that, you know, it's everything's going to change when you go to like purely Web3 and everything is kind of like anonymous and centralized. Because, you know, if you think about the yeah, DMCA takedown, that can only be applied to like companies that are centralized that have to comply to them. You know, but if you think about what actually can happen in a truly decentralized, uh, you know, Web3 future, Web3 future, you know, the, these platforms will be decentralized. They'll be run on smart contracts and have very lightweight uh, front-end clients that can't be taken down. So in that case, you know, if you send a DMCA takedown, where are you going to send it to? It just, it's just going to live on the decentralized web. And there is no one that can respond to that. So, you know, I think it's a big conversation that's going to have to be uh, discussed for any media brand going forward. You know, it can, if you think of something like, you know, like Disney or Marvel starting to release stuff on the blockchain, what's stopping anyone from taking their content and trying to monetize it on a decentralized web? So, you know, I think that's where a lot of the new projects going forward have said, you know, we want to have free commercial licenses for people to monetize the products, right? And so, you know, uh, you know, uh, Board Apes has done that. They say that if you're an owner, you have free license to monetize your ape. You know, but one thing that they haven't said is that they don't have uh, free licenses to monetize any ape, right? There was that one case where someone tried to do an art, art project with an ape that they didn't own, and they, uh, the Board Apes put a statement out that said, you're not allowed to monetize that because you no longer have the license to it. You know, and so... So yeah, you know, those are conversations that are going to be have to go forward, especially if you think about decentralization in uh, and the commercialization of media. And, and you also had the apes. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Spotty. Oh uh, no, I'm sorry, Amy. I was just going to say that has helped the board apes strike up big sponsor, sponsor uh, big partnerships. Like they just announced, some board ape owners brokered their own partnership with Arizona Iced Tea. The board ape yacht club developers, founders, they had nothing to do with that other than they gave their collectors intellectual property rights from the beginning. And now the community is going out and, and building the brand in a way that is going to be uh, tough for crypto punk owners to do until there is some sort of clarity because a brand, a major brand is going to want that sort of clarity before they get directly involved. Yeah, I think um, it would be really handy if Lava Labs came forward and just sort of said, right, you know, th these are the rules, sort of make it a bit more, um, you know, a bit more black and white and explain to everyone, right, this is what you can do in terms of, um, you know, the license of your punk, this is what you can't do, rather than sort of creating this, I feel like, very grey area and then, you know, um, you know, take then taking certain... Um, derivatives off of OpenSea and stuff like that. So it's sort of, you know, creating a lot of confusion for people. So I think it'd be really nice if, uh, you know, they sort of just, even if it was just like in a tweet, just said, right, okay, here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. Everything is easy, understandable. And then I feel like, you know, going forward, it'd be a lot easier to sort of um, uh, make decisions based on that that criteria, basically, I think. Especially since these weren't small investments that you have made, 
like and that's one of the things a lot of people who have bought into CryptoPunks and a lot of these larger derivative projects, it's an investment. And if you can't capitalize it, you're relying on the market and the floor independently going up. And um, there's only so much you can do as an owner other than obviously being out here promoting it, speaking about the projects like you are and doing, you know, the, the um, interesting like album that you're going to release there, like Spotty, with that sort of thing to actually increase the value and return on your investments. Yeah, I mean, it's there's there's risk and there's potential re- reward, right? Like whenever you give up intellectual property, wh- whenever you offer intellectual property rights to your creation, you're opening the door for somebody to add value to it. And admittedly, you're also opening the value for somebody to subtract value from it if they use it in a way that is off-putting or, you know, uh, you know, you, somebody could easily take their punk and do something that is, you know, uh, not woke, you know, by 2021 standards, and that could turn people off. But I think ultimately that risk is there whether you offer the IP rights or not, you know. Um, it's almost like the Pepe the Frog example, right? Like like symbology and, and meme culture, any, any, any symbol or piece of artwork can become affiliated or associated with any cause or movement, whether it's a good one or not, um, whether you give them permission to associate it to that or not. So I guess in a way the reward, but, but the reward is not as equally, um, doesn't have the same potential unless you enable it because people aren't going to invest uh, as much of their time and resources into sources, into building something positive, unless the creator sort of signs off on it. Can um, do one of you know what the royalties are back to Lava Labs on these? Is it ten percent? There are no royalties on a CryptoPunk. The, the only way to buy it is on um, to the Lava Labs website itself, because the the, the CryptoPunks predates the ERC seven twenty one, and so yeah. So they yeah. don't take any cuts when it's sold so, on you. Yeah. hundred percent profit yeah. into you. So okay. like you know the the, the the model that the CryptoPunks had being the first project was that. They, the developers claimed the first 1,000 punks, and that became part of the, they're called dev punks, and the next 9,000 were uh, provided for sale, right? And so it's interesting because, like, you know, this was the very first time an NFT sale had, you know, ever taken place, right? And, you know, like Spotty said, they were free to claim at the very beginning, right? And so there was no financial incentives for developers at that point. You know, like, you know, fast forward a few years now, and crypto punks are worth, like, 170, the floor for one is 170 uh, US dollars per punk, and now there's like, you know, I think the Larva Labs wallet still holds a few hundred of them, like I think 500 or so. And so, you know, it's it's interesting to see that, um, you know, what started off as a free project ended up having such huge financial like windfalls for developers, for the developers. But I think given the fact that they don't have royalties on, on these, obviously, for the reasons you've said, is more of an incentive to provide that monetization that the owners can have. Yeah, I think so too. I also think these derivative projects, like the ones that are actually changed up a little bit, like uh, Spotty Wi-Fi was basically saying, is it's actually not bad for the market for CryptoPunks because these are the uh, the more affordable people can't, you know, the people that can't afford a CryptoPunk are buying these like you know largely changed derivatives, and now they have a punk of their own where they now feel like, oh, now I'm part of this. Now I'm now I'm part of the NFT culture. Like that's 
that could be an onboarding tactic. And I think it is. I think there's a lot of folks I know that own alt punks that are uh, highly changed up. And I think it's a good thing. Like I said, it's kind of like uh, adding a cryptocurrency that people can actually seemingly afford kind of like Doge. A uh, great example that, uh, you know, when, when Ethereum and is at $4,000 and Bitcoin's at $60,000 and Doge comes out of the market at like a penny or, you know, a couple of pennies or whatever it was, uh, it was a great onboarding tactic for getting people into crypto through Robinhood. In this case, I think the alt punks will get people more interested in, uh, in the NFT space. And the more we onboard people in the NFT space, the more uh, this space is just going to be become more vibrant and, and uh, more, again, more accepted and adopted across, across every aspect of business. So that's my opinion. So it's not, it's uh, I think the real crypto punks have nothing to fear as long as they can prove they're the, uh, the owners of like legitimate crypto punks. So. Yeah, I think that's one of the hard parts though, is how do you prove you are the legitimate owner of a crypto, of a crypto punk, right? True. Uh, yeah, you know. no, that's true. Cause you're, cause you're, if you're anonymous, and you're you're smart. You, that's your smart contract. You're gonna say, I guess you could just say, yeah, no, that's a valid point. Unless you're like a, a regular, like a, a person who's willing to give your name out and show it's like it's your wallet ID kind of a thing. Like that would be, yeah, I guess that's the best way to do it. So yeah, yeah good point. and you know, like I know one strategy is to like sign your wallet. You can t- you can sign a message saying from the wallet that says, you know, this is my identity. I own this punk. But, you know, not many people actually go down that road of actually verifying that that is the case. It's like few and far between. Right. And there have been some cases where you know, anonymous accounts have, you know, just put up a crypto punk, said they own it. And, you know, acted as, um, you know, owners of a punk they didn't actually own. Uh, and then ended up, you know, trying to use that as influence in the community to, like, get, you know, get free things or, you know, show projects and so on. Right. And so, you know, there's a lot of you know, issues with how, how do you even verify that, you know, you are part of this community. Valid point. Very valid point. Any ideas? Does anybody have any ideas on that in this, on the, up on this panel? Um, Ray, by any chance, welcome to the panel, by the way. Thank you so much. Not on that point. On, I, I, I think that's more of a Richard qu- question, but everyone on stage has been, everyone on stage has been so informative. Thanks for being welcoming. Um, I enjoyed the conversation going back and I've been a part of a lot of those conversations about the rights, but um, no, I don't know. I, I, I agree with Richard. Like it's cool to say there's provenance and ownership, but like practically how does that function in today's world? How, how do you prove that? It's, it's interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, like to me, the problem is that we're using web two kind of tools to in a web three world, right? Like the, like the only point of discovery and I guess like communication for the whole NFT space is Twitter and discord. But you know, like they're using old models of like, you know, like Twitter was from mid 2000, early 2000s, right. Or mid 2000s. Yeah, 2006. Yeah. 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 Right. So mid 2000s. Right. And we're still following the same sort of model of like what Twitter is that of, you know, you create your account and you post things. Right. But you know, Twitter wasn't built with like web three in mind, right. The centralization in mind, it is a very centralized service. Right. And so, like, you know, if you think about it, you know, what would a decentralized service or decentralized first service social network look like? You know, what are some of the things they would have? You know, you'd be able to connect a wallet to it. You'd be able to actually verify you have assets in it, certain, certain things. Right. And yeah, like even on Discord, right, you have a lot of people just like spoofing different avatars and changing avatars and acting like 
they're part of the communities that they don't belong to just, just to like shield a project or makes profit or like to manipulate people. So, you know, I think that you know, we're very early in Web3 right now. Well, I guess we're not like that early, but still early. But for me, we're pretty, we're pretty, we're pretty, we're pretty early. Like right now, yeah. like this panel right here that's up here, like you guys are really early. I mean, this is a pioneering panel here, guys. Like you got to remember, we're way early. Yeah. I could I couldn't talk to somebody even in my startup and tech space and have them understand like what NFTs are, right? So for me, like I started with NFTs in August of 2020 and uh, you know, I thought I was late too, by the way, Richard. And uh, no, it's not it's, we're, we're all so early on this yeah. is crazy. Yeah. But you know, what's what's gonna happen is that the tool set needs to evolve, right? For everyone. Like communication needs to evolve, like you know, wallet infrastructure needs to evolve. There's just a lot of technology that needs to be evolved to kind of like adapt to a Web3, you know, a Web3 first model for Internet, right? Totally. You know, we've we, we seen this as, you know, every single like technology renaissance has had this, you know, you had your Web1, you had your social, then you had mobile, right? And then you had your crypto. And now we're in like the NFT kind of Web3 phase. And, you know, we're just very, very early right now. And these tools aren't out there yet. But I think that. The conversations are being had now. We're first starting to see the problems of, you know, the the limits of the current Web two technologies, and so you know, I think the next wave is you know thinking Web three first and then building tools around that to kind of solve some of these problems. Hey, Richard. Richard, I like that. Oh, go I ahead. agree. I, I think mobile. I think mobile. I think mobile support also is kind of a, a crucial thing for uh, for all this stuff to change too. Once mobile support is in place, like really solid mobile support, that's when people are going to be digging deep into this into the nft world a lot more because it's just really hard to, hard to onboard people with wallets and all these like confusing things for folks once that's done it's it's the game over that's when the gold rush like really starts that's when everybody's going to come rushing into this space so uh i'm sure you guys already know that's gonna i'm sure you don't already know that's coming so yeah, yeah. I, Go ahead. a Go question because I, I know like eventually we'll get to a point where we have the decentralized version of Twitter and you connect your MetaMask wallet and that is what gives you your blue check that that you are the owner of your profile pick or whatever, or that's what even allows you to upload a, to, to select a profile pick from within your wallet. But in the interim, couldn't Twitter or somebody, some ambitious platform say like, we're going to start minting NFTs for our users and the NFT is just your username. Verification. Yeah, it's your verification. So if I see yeah. Richard has a punk or whatever, Richard's got an autoglyph in his banner or whatever it is, and I say, let me see if this is real, then I go to the wallet and I see, oh, he has a NFT from Twitter that all it says is at Richard. And that tells me like, okay, yeah, that's legit. Yeah, no, that's that's actually a really good idea. I believe they're working on it, just so you know, like I've been, uh, I, I reached, I talked to a couple of folks, uh, especially one, but uh, I talked to a couple of folks on Twitter and they're definitely obviously releasing their own NFTs, but also releasing, uh, they're, they're definitely also releasing, uh, they're, they're definitely doing more NFT support. There's no question about it. They're deep into it. So I'm pretty sure that might be coming, but you know, don't, don't uh, quote me on that or anything, but. Cause that's what I do. Um, yeah. If, yeah, if I yeah. see a punk that I, if I see an NFT that I'm interested in buying on OpenSea and I'm like, I can't I can't find this buyer. I don't know how to message them. The first thing I'll do is I'll look and see if they have an ENS domain in their wallet, because that might tip me off to like what their name is or how I can search for them on Twitter somehow. So this is basically just an idea for s social platforms to 
sort of create their own version of an ENS, you know, uh, verification sort of naming system. Richard, do you see a, or anyone on the panel, do you see a messaging application for, for like wallet to wallet messaging once, I mean, is that a web three that's coming? Because I, I just feel like Spotty hit it on the head. I'm like Google searching and image searching folks to like hit them up to buy their stuff. But like, if there's a messaging application with these wallets at, or just, or I guess my question is to, to folks who are like living and breathing crypto, like natives, does that hurt the decentralized nature, the anonymity, or is that a step backwards? Well, you know, I, I have seen some messaging platforms like Moat. There's been a few, like, you know, there's like a CryptoPunk messaging board where you can actually find other CryptoPunks on there. But, you know, the thing is everyone needs to uh, be onboarded onto it. Um, there are some decentralized communication protocols I have seen kind of being created around authenticity and verification and, you know, wallet-to-wallet -wallet communication. But again, it all it all depends on you know people adopting these technologies, um, you know. And when I think about technology adoption, it's usually like the only way to kind of get someone to shift their mental model or switch from one kind of platform to another platform is that platform has to solve a problem and be ten x better than the previous platform. It can't just be an incremental thing, which most of these things are. You know, it solves one problem, but it's, it doesn't solve the bigger global problem of you know what people are trying to do with communication and verification. Wow, but. But yeah, no, I think that we're, we're starting to see the limits of it. Like, for example, right now, like I'm in 100 discords right now and it just does not work. Like That's insane. Yeah. Like, I thought I, I thought I, like I, 10 discords was a lot. You're I, discords. I, you know, like, come on. Like, I'm pretty sure every single serious <laughs> NFT person who's in it like full time. Um, yeah. You know, it's Twitter and Discord is the primary communication channels for no know, discovering NFTs, talking to people. Right. Yeah. But if you think about what needs to happen for, you know, mass adoption, like, you know, your, your, your parents aren't going to go on Twitter and Discord to find an NFT, right? That's not how it's going to work, right? And so, you know, that, that is kind of like the big barriers and entries for adoption for, you know, the masses, right? I can see, you know, the next generation, the younger generation being totally crypto native or, you know, what I call metaverse native, native because, you know, they're playing Roblox, they understand digital identity, digital goods and digital ownership. But, you know, the kind of current generation and the, 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 the past generation, it's there's the bottleneck there for even getting them involved. Richard, um, Michael K here. Uh, thank you for letting me up, Lucas. Um, yeah, of course. Just Does everybody know who Michael is, just real quick? Uh, Michael is a metaverse, uh, basically a, a Decentraland developer also, board apes holder, all that stuff. Just want to let you, let you know who he is real quick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lucas. Great. Great Appreciate dude. it. Um, so, Richard, um, I do agree with you and, and the panel as far as having a decentralized means of communication. Um, what do you think of metaverses being that means of communication, you know, like Decentraland that, that are a decentralized protocol and allow users to jump in and go into different spaces, just like you would in Discord channels, but you're actually visiting them in, you know, full 3D, you're checking out galleries, you're having concerts and streams. Do you think that that potentially is a uh, groundwork for web three as far as the experience in the future is concerned especially once it comes to vr yeah no i, I think so you know i've been to a bunch of metaverse experiences uh you know, they're, they're fun uh but i think that one thing is missing from them is like the, the problem with like metaverse communication is that it's kind of like one-to-one -one, right whereas when I think about communication to other places, it's like I can just be selective of what I want to like participate in and look at. Um, I think that 
you know, I think that I think the bigger opportunity is that once the technology kind of ramps up a bit more and things are more immersive, it actually does feel more kind of like you are in its place that feels like you're you're present. Then I think that is kind of where the technology needs to go before it can be like you know mainstream. Because I can I can totally see everybody having a VR headset and just going into one of these metaverses and hanging out and being like, hey, you know, check out what I just bought. Check out my new like metaverse Lamborghini I just bought and showing it off, right? And at that point, it's like, yeah, this is cool, right? But, you know, like most of my metaverse experiences right now is I go into place, you know, experience the event and peace out. But I'm also like multitasking, like for the experience the event and peace out. But I'm also like multitasking, like for other things while right. I'm doing it. So it's kind of like hard to just be like fully engaged in, you know, the communication and the event itself. Right. So, yeah, it could be, you know, but I think that the whole thing with like the next generation is like, you know, they're playing Roblox, they're playing Fortnite, they're playing Minecraft, and they're just kind of like in it all the time. Right. right? And so I think though, like those people. Like, you know, the, the youth and our, our kids and, you know, people are just in the metaverse all the time. It's just going to be second nature for them. Right, right. I, and that's why I think it also relates to what you said about education, right? You, these people, you know, outside of everyone that's growing up with it right now, um, you know, this is something that's the ball has already started rolling and it's not going to stop. So, um, you know, unless they're educated before they jump into the space, uh, you know, they might get scammed, they might get taken advantage of, or they, they might not understand how to use it, or they might lock themselves out. You know, not a lot of people understand what a MetaMask is, even after you explain it to them. And not a lot of people want to keep track of a 12-word phrase. You know, they're, they're not comfortable uh, thinking that they can lock themselves out of their own assets forever. Uh, that's why, it's you know, in, in centralized <laughs> platforms, like you have the FDIC, you know, they cover you. So, there, there is going to be that big educational gap, but I think that's why it's important to have like these types of spaces and influencers like you guys and talking about it, you know, getting people out there and understanding it. I think if there was the integration of something like oh, a WhatsApp or, or something like that into wallets that allowed for communication between wallets, that would allow for people who are looking to make those purchases because I've heard of people who literally mint things and send them to the person that they're trying to get a hold of with literally a sign being like, please contact me, contact me. I want to buy something off you. Like right. we can't be doing that in order to try and get the attention to actually give people money. It's um, like I've got friends who are brand new to NFT space and that's the first thing they do is I want that thing that someone else has bought and I can't get it. I can't get their attention. So I think it, there's got to be something that comes out that allows for communication between wallet to wallet. Yeah, you can't just send NFTs with messages to people. I mean, it's just going to get in, into a messy situation. It, it, I think it's a bit pathetic, yeah. It's worked for a few, but I think it's a bit pathetic. <laughs> hey, Sparty. Do you hear me? Yes, sir. Sorry, I thought I was. He can hear you. He can hear you, Gambit. Oh, for sure. Hey, congrats, Party, on selling out your uh, album. Um, Thank you. If you wanted to bring a rapper, who would it be into the NFT space? So much. That's so breaking up. Did you hear the question? I said, um, if you were, if you, if you could, um. Rap with the rapper, right? Not in the NFT space right now. Who would you bring on? I, I think he's lagging out. Okay, so what he's asking? Oh, oh no, we lost Spotty. Oh, oh, that was it. He's got to. Lived he's up, living up. up he's living up to his he's name. Got, he's got Spotty Wi-Fi. He's got Spotty Wi-Fi. That's hilarious. 
Uh, good question though, Gamut. What, let's uh, let's <laughs> until he comes back up. Uh, I guess I, I guess we could just... ask if anyone could bring you know someone into the NFT space who's currently not really in it or or not in it at all. Who would you pick? Yeah, the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Just a short I mean, list you gotta choose one. You gotta choose one. I'm pretty sure that every single big celebrity and you know musician are, is looking at the NFT space right now. You know, a lot of, yeah, every, without a doubt, anyone is, has had that conversation and is trying to just figure out how to get in. You know, I've had conversations with many different agencies and, you know, even like some of the top celebrities, like, how do I get in, right? And they're just like, they're, they're itching to get in, but just trying to find the right way. What's yeah. crazy is that I see um, a lot of like English musicians coming in, but I don't really see any like Latin pop stars like coming in, like Bad Bunny or like Anuel and stuff like that. And I feel like they're gonna be late to the party. Hopefully, they're not late, you know. Right, I agree. Hey, uh, Nathan, you're about to say something. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, um, well, I guess because Jay Z's um got crypto punk, hasn't he? And he's put it as his um, his profile picture on picture on twitter and everything so i guess uh like richard was saying i reckon a lot of these rappers and celebrities in general have seen this and they thought right you know if jay-z's doing it, it you know it's got to be something big it's got to be something important so like i reckon they are just sort of thinking to themselves right what can i do to uh sort of enter the space enter the space in, in a very grand way if you know what i mean i feel like they won't just enter the space um maybe so casually they'll, they'll either like find some crazy way of announcing it or they'll do sort of maybe their own nft drop alongside it but i definitely think um a lot of celebrities have seen what jay-z is doing and are sort of a, a planning at the moment i would imagine it's not just it's to those points i agree it's not just the celebrities it's their people and their managers and their teams around them and they're like okay um we got to be cutting edge what can we bring <clears throat> to our to our brand to our clients um so i'm sure richard I, 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 there's a lot of those conversations where am i excited i'm excited about like this may be a very niche part of the world but in america in the u.s um college athletes in july just got the right to use their name image and likeness and that's always been restricted and prohibited and NFTs it's kind of happening at, at the crescendo of, or at this hockey stick moment for, for NFTs and outside of every other celebrity that has influence in our culture, they don't have a history of people around them. They don't have a history of grabbing the bag. They literally are 18 year old kids who want to do good stuff in the world and understand building communities and are more native to the metaverse, like you all were saying. So like, there's this really cool intersection of young people with great influence, but they've also never had it before, so it's not corrupted. And I think they understand the tech. So I'm really looking forward to the to college athletes. I think it's- you know, I think that goes back. Go ahead, Amy. Oh, I was just gonna say, it's definitely becoming a lot more mainstream. It was on uh, Jimmy Fallon late night the other night. Paris Hilton was explaining Paris. NFTs. Yeah. So she's been quite a great advocate for the space and going on and it being on, you know, mainstream TV is going to start getting people going, okay, I'm going to go and Google that. 
and start looking into this space a bit more. Yeah, I think that's good. Hey, look, Lucas, mean, can Paris you bring on Spotty or not? If Par- yeah, he's coming back up, man, like as soon as he can. But if uh, if people like Paris Elton can like literally explain to people how what NFTs are and explain to people how they work, then I'm going to go ahead and say that anybody can do it. So uh, we should. Well, we all yeah. need to be educating people <laughs> like crazy. So isn't she the perfect one though? Because no I'm doubt, telling you, no doubt. It, it's how, it. why is there a handbag worth a hundred thousand dollars? And she can explain no, it to her audience better than I could. And and like, there's a lot of analogies there. But there's been a lot of a yeah, lot of I good agree. advocates. It's really cool to see. Yeah, I agree. And I think another one that would be great, and maybe I don't know if Beyonce has actually been talking out, but that would be another great onboarder. So she'd be a great advocate if she was on board with uh, NFTs right now. Maybe, maybe it's planned, you know, maybe they didn't want to do Jay-Z and Beyonce at the same time, maybe spread it out and then get more adoption over time. Yeah, that makes sense. As uh, somebody who worked on the Jay-Z NFT, I can tell you that uh, it was mainly just their that the management team of Rock Nation, that the management team of Rock Nation that was kind of providing all guidance for that. And they were actually looking to the community for, you know, how do we kind of promote this, right? I think one of the, the hard parts is that, like Ray said, it is a lot of the management teams and their agencies who are kind of driving the forces behind things. Um, and so it's really, you know, they're, they're, looking at, they're looking at it as this is a kind of new revenue stream and different medium that we can engage audiences with, right? But, you know, I think that the big thing that NFTs are going to change is that uh, creators will end up having all the power, right? And it will be the creative creators that are the ones that are engaged with the community are going to be the ones that ha- will be successful, you know. Because if you look at what happened with the Jay Z, um, the Jay Z NFT, right? Uh, there was two kind of NFTs around that time. So one of them was Ferocious, and one of them were Jay Z, Jay Z, and they were both kind of sold at the exact same time, right? The Jay Z NFT went for you know what was it, like a hundred thousand dollars, but the Ferocious NFTs ended up going for like millions of dollars, right? Just because Ferocious is kind of like a member of the community. He is an independent creator and he has had that, you know, he, he aligns himself with the community and what the community is looking for out of creators they want to see as successful. You know, I think a lot of people saw like the, you know, Jay-Z's thing as more of like, you know, it was more of like an experiment and a cash grab, but, you know, but it just wasn't what the community wanted from, you know, the NFTs themselves, right? Hey, hey Richard, do you think that um, that first NFT from Jay-Z still holds value like in the end? Because, like you said, it it it, it kind of did look like a cash grab, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's still his first is Genesis, right? Or what do you think? Yeah, you know, like to me, the valuable NFTs are the ones that will have like provenance and be culturally and historically significant. So that's why I think CryptoPunks are very valuable, right? Just because they have that culture and historical significance of being the first. And I don't think they're going to go anywhere, anywhere. You know, they're, they're, they're going to be the last NFT to kind of go down in value if. The whole entire system falls, right? And you know, with with um, with Jay Z's NFT, I think that you know, if Jay Z's does actually come and starts participating in the community and trying to elevate value of his work and be an active member of the NFT community and crypto and be like, yeah, this is part of my strategy and this is how I want to do things going forward, then yes, you know that that NFT will end up holding a lot of value going forward. And then on top of that too, you know, depending on what happens in Jay-Z for his own like you know marketing media and so on you know if he if Jay-Z becomes more historically and culturally significant in general then you know that entity will actually hold and appreciate in value but you know 
I think that it really depends on what his team, or what he and his team are thinking and how they want to participate in things. But, you know, I think that someone was willing to pay that price. You know, there was two people, at least two people who were built, willing to bid it up to that price. So that means that there had, there is a market that is greater than, you know, just uh, what the NFT is worth, right? So. Hey guys, this is spotty, man. I, I had some bad Wi-Fi, which is funny. <laughs> but, Go figure. But my, my boy Goldrilla, let me use his phone. <laughs> so um, Gambit, I, I think I heard your full question, which was who I would want to, to bring into the NFT space, right? Yeah, like a rapper or yeah. someone, you know, like a duo. Yeah, okay, so for sure, for me, it's going to be Nas. Nas is my favorite artist of any medium, my favorite writer, artist, recording artist, rapper, you name it. Um, so it, it would definitely be Nas. I know he's, like, crypto-friendly. I think he was a pretty early investor in Coinbase, if I'm not mistaken. I know he's dropped some bars. He's rapped about crypto recently on a song with Jay-Z and DJ Khaled, so... I'm sure that uh, he's. I'm sure he's got his ear to the ground on NFTs, um, and and I think it's just a matter of time before he does something dope. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that would be a crazy collab too, because like when I think about spotty collabs, I usually think of people like like I've thought about like Soldier Boy because he's very crypto forward, or I've thought about um, Lil Dicky just because he's very humorous. He doesn't take himself too seriously. But if I could do something with uh, an artist as prolific as Nas, that would be a dream come true. Little Dicky is pretty funny. Little Dicky is pretty funny. Yeah, I have to admit, I don't don't know how much they, I don't know how serious they take him, but I I love his music. Have you seen his show? I have not seen a show yet. It's so good. Not. (laughs) Oh my god, where where is it? Is it on Hulu? Oh, I got it done. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it today. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it now. Real quick, I was just thinking um, before you guys were mentioning about adaptation as far as mobile devices. So I think that would just explode. Um, and the example I was thinking of was in Africa, uh, 90% of the population have mobile devices. And they are actually the perfect candidate for uh, cryptocurrency, which... One of the coins is called Acoin. Uh, it's by Acon. I'm sure you guys know Acon. Um, it's like a coin to unite all the currencies uh, in in Africa, rather than them being overinflated and it costing like you know five hundred thousand. You know what? I think there's thirteen different provinces and whatnot. The five hundred thousand whatever to buy a sandwich. So like people would use mobile minutes uh, as a form of exchange because they don't have unlimited data and minutes over there. Um, but obviously, I think cryptocurrency would be the perfect uh, candidate for for a country like that and to go mobile considering that they all have cell phones already. That's a really good point. And I always take the opportunity anytime and, and thanks Lucas and Spotty for having me up here to like point that out whenever the conversation touches it and I'm on stage because cryptocurrency can be transformative for, for communities. It's not just like high value JPEGs in, in areas around all in, in areas around every continent, they flay, they face um, hyperinflation where their currency, you can't save money generation to generation. You can't save it month to month because of the unstable governments. So yeah, that's, that's just a huge advantage. So, so that's a really good point, Mike, but I have to run. So I I just want to say thanks again, but, but I got to take off. Thanks guys. Well, can we look at like El Salvador as a, like, you know, example, how they uh, accept 
um, Bitcoin now and everything because I know um, the guy that helped me, right, um, create the chain, he's Salvadorian. So, you know, he, he would send um, Bitcoin to his daughter in El Salvador and she just like, you know, she'll go to like the local shop and just spend her Bitcoin and it's, it was really fast. It works like on a lightning fast network or whatever. And then like for like cents, she used like the Bitcoin like to buy like a hot dog, you know, that's just crazy. <laughs> Word. Is it, did Ray say he was taken off? Ray, was that you that you said you had to leave? I think he already left. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, one, hey, uh, oh, sorry, sorry oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Mike. No, no. Oh, uh, but one thing that I find that's unfortunate is uh, considering the currency that is trying to be adopted over there, which is Acoin, um, you can't invest as a U.S. investor. You can't uh, buy Acoin on any exchange. So why would they not want us to invest into an, a currency that could help you know globally because africa can't trade cell phone minutes as currency with us so it kind of limits them on an economic scale uh to not being able to deal with the rest of the globe right as a, as a people so you know the government is one thing but you know limiting a, a country in such a way that you know outside investors can't even get into something that could potentially help them propel themselves into the global markets even further is just insane to me i think it makes sense during the initial adoption phase because you want to try and allow them to get in if it get if they get priced out in the beginning then what's the point of it they need to have the adoption and then they may look at opening it up to trading outside of well the, the problem that i have with that is it's only in america why is the rest of the world able to buy it like you could buy it if you're in russia you could buy it if you're in any other country it's just u.s investors are not allowed to purchase it Oh, sorry, I, missed that I mean, that comes down to like SEC and securities laws in the U.S., right? Um, because, you know, it is a big issue of, you know, taking, you know, taking over and, uh, you know, like for a lot of these coins, people have lost a lot of money. If you take a look at the ICO craze of 2017, there were a lot of investors just coming in space because, you know, people were just shilling coins and make and getting in. But you know, the reason why it crashed was because there was no fundamentals behind all those things, right? And the SEC came in and said, you know, these are legal securities and they shouldn't be traded. And, you know, people had to be held accountable for that. Uh, one of the big things about, like, cryptocurrencies is that there are no, you know, it's very easy to create, you know, like, schemes in a sense, right, that people right. can lose a lot of money, right? So I think it's just for protection of themselves and the governments, or, you know, the creators of said projects. Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree to an extent. You know, there are coins out there that have uh, listed on Coinbase and, and Gemini and other others that I don't think have as much backing as far as a, a fundamental of what the purpose of the coin is, as uh, like a coin does. So uh, I do understand what you're saying, though. It, it is uh, it, it is the regulation side of it. So my question is, should we talk about Spotty's album, even though he's using, you know, gold Rilla? <laughs> even though he's using, you know, gold Rilla? <laughs> Let's talk about it, Spotty. Tell us about yeah. it. You sold out. Yeah, I, I would love to talk about it. And I definitely want to hear Nathan's perspective, too, as a as a visual artist, as a photographer, and how what that's been like as a punk. Because, like, for me, you know, my... Yeah. Okay. You know, part of my uh, Genesis story as as Spotty is like I'm the I'm the punk rapper. You know, the first, best, and only. So um, that's given me a real uh, instant 
jump start in terms of having a community that is like behind me and supporting me and rooting for me to win. Um, but yeah, so I put out, so I put out a song back in April. I bought my punk in February by April. I had put out a song called I'm spotty. Um, so for a little bit of background, like I didn't plan to become the crypto punk rapper. I just bought a crypto punk and I was really just looking for value when I was shopping for a crypto punk. And as I was shopping for value, I saw that there's only 124 of these punks that have spots on their face. And people seem to people seem to overlook them because, you know, people think it's ugly. You know, people people say like, oh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm the measles punk or I'm the acne punk or whatever. Right. Uh, and worse than they say worse things than that, actually. Um, so. But I saw it as like, oh, compared to similarly rare traits, this is like super undervalued. So that's what I went with. And then a couple weeks later, a few weeks later, I started thinking, you know, I see these, I see other crypto punks like G Money and Beanie and Archick. I see them building these anonymous personas where their punk gives them access and community and credibility, right? Where people want to hear what they say just because they're a crypto punk people follow them just because they're not, not just because these, these people also have other value that they bring, but it, it gives them an instant platform. So I said, I think I can do that with music. I think I can take it a step further and not just be me with a crypto punk, but embody this character, right. And take on this persona. So I put out this song called I'm spotty and then put out a few more songs and then the album um, we wanted to do something really innovative, my music producer and I, and Richard uh, was instrumental in this in helping build the smart contract. And so what we did was we created the world's first mystery mint album or mystery mint music drop, where in order to get the album, in order to get the vinyl record, which is going to come out, you know, in, in the coming months, um, you would mint an NFT of one of the songs but you would not know which song you would get or which song you would mint until after you minted. So we took some of the elements of like the gamification of minting, uh, just like when you, when people minted apes or when they mint some of these profile pictures, they don't know which uh, combination of traits they're going to get. They don't know how rare the one that they're going to get will be. So it's gamifying that, that process. And we wanted to do that with music. And so, as far as we know, as far as anybody's told me, we were the first to do that. And um, we made 2000 NFTs um, with a bunch of the songs and, and including a bunch of remixes with varying rarities. Some are one of ones, some are one of 100, some are one of 200, etc. And we sold them for 0 0.03 ETH and we sold out in seconds. Like it was kind of it was kind of uh, crazy, like. I was totally underprepared for the amount of interest that there was in in the from like Monday to Wednesday as the as the date approached. My Discord went from like 200 to 1,100 people, um, and uh, yeah, we sold out in seconds, which was a blessing. I kind of wish that I had sold more or that I had had a higher price point, but um, I'm also pretty pretty content with how it went, just because like. The, the smartest advice that I got throughout this whole process was actually I was talking to G Money like months ago and I was asking him, like, do you think people would buy a song? Do you think people would buy an album? How, how many would you mint? What price would you charge? And he was like, I haven't. He's like, I think people would buy it. 
I have no idea how many you should mint. I have no idea how much you should charge, but however many you think you should mint, I would mint fewer. And however, however much you think you should charge, I would charge less. Um, and I've seen Beanie say similar things, you know, like the strategy that seems to be the winning formula is come in with a low price point so that your community is instantly in profit and happy and enthusiastic. And so far, you know, it's early. I mean, we just dropped on Wednesday, uh, but that has been the result. So I'm, I'm really happy with it and really um, humbled by like the response that we've gotten. That's awesome. Very dude. cool, man. Yeah, I, I, I thought the drop was great. I actually, I, I minted um, two of them and then I bought three off a of secondary um, because it went so well. Uh, and, and I was in, and I honestly, I didn't even know about the drop until maybe a day or two before it happened. But then as soon as I saw it, as, I, as soon as I saw that there was a crypto punk rapper, I'm, I grew up in the Bronx. I love hip hop. I love rap. And I, I just instantly was, was interested. And then I listened to the music and it's fire. You know, like you're funny. It's right on point for the community. It's something that I think the community needed. And it, it's just cool as fuck. And I was like, needed. And it, it's just cool as fuck. And I was like, I'm in. You know, so I... The only the only song I don't have is the is the uh, Arctic, <laughs> but I, I I got two of the I got two of another one, so maybe I'll be able to trade with somebody at some point. Dude, thank you so much for that, man. Can I ask how you heard about it? Because I had people coming from all angles from Monday to Wednesday. I don't even know how people were I, hearing about it. Honestly, a lot of the times when Bernardo, if you know Bernardo, he's a crypto punk. When yep, he treat, yep, when he yep. tweets about something, I'll go look at it because he's typically like pretty spot on. And so I saw him tweet about it and I was like, oh, let me check this out. Yeah. Bernardo was a really good, um, he's, he's been a great friend and, and like really good at helping me strategize. Uh, he has, a, he has a consulting company called Schiller S H I L L R. And so they, they help uh, people with, you know, kind of strategize their drops and whatnot. And he was, he, him and his team were really, really helpful even up to the very end. Like, so um, that's awesome to hear that, that that's how you were, we're putting to put in tune with it. Thank you. Yeah, I just want to say um, congratulations with the drop. Like I, I had to pop one off the secondary market because I was um, away from my phone at the time, so I didn't actually get a chance to like meet one straight away. Um, but yeah, like I can remember the first time really coming across um, you in general. I remember seeing all over Twitter the um, you had that like digital billboard van thing like um when the christie's punk auction was going on yes sir the spotty the spotty mobile yeah yeah i saw that and i thought oh geez like this guy's like crazy but like in the best way kind of crazy i was like holy shit like he's he's gone out and like really um sort of like done done as much as he could to sort of you know promote himself but also promote crypto punks at the same time and then um, I can remember listening to the the I'm Sporty track, and, and the bit that always sticks with me is the, where they where you say at the beginning, he goes, "They gotta learn, they they gotta learn." Yes, sir. It, it's just like I I'm such a fan of um, of your work, your music, and that's why I made bids on the especially the the eight bit video. I mean, all three of the videos that you dropped on wearables, your general uh, your Genesis pieces, they were all like so captivating but 
personally for me that the 8-bit one was my favorite i think because it brought back sort of a level of nostalgia because i was i sort of raised up in the late 90s early 20 uh early 2000s and it, and it sort of really struck a chord with me um but i was listening to listening to it on like repeat for ages because it's just so like the lyrics you come up with about um like your girl wants to come and connect the dots on your face <laughs> i just think it's brilliant and honestly like i think you're going to be so huge in the future and it's just like i'm so honored to be sharing the space with you right now it's fantastic dude thank you so much man that means the world and um and it's totally reciprocated man i love your work as well i cannot wait to cop one i was illiquid for a good while until the drop on wednesday so um, and I know you just dropped another one that sold out another like one of nine, I think that I, I missed the, the other day as well. But um, so w what is your like, w what do you have coming up next that I can so that I can be prepared and in tune? And also, like, how has it been? Uh, you know, how, is, is there like a, uh, a, a before and after crypto punk that you like phase where you see like the community giving you a different sort of embrace or anything like that with your crypto punk? Uh, yeah, I think for sure. I can remember when I first started back in September, uh, when I first dropped my work, it, it like, I think the, it was mainly, um, I don't know if you know, Trill and Matrix, they both bought my work that I listed like the day I, I joined the space back in September last year. Um, I can remember just like, like it was yesterday, it was like the most craziest experience. And sort of from then, um, sort of as the market has sort of like behaved, it's sort of in September, it was quite busy. Then from sort of October until December, it was quite quiet. And then February time, it picked up again. Um, and then and March, especially, and it sort of slowed down. And it sort of picked up again around about like from sort of June on to now. And it's, um, yeah, it's been such a, such a crazy experience. Like it's been amazing having people, uh, you know, from all over the world, from different backgrounds, sort of connect with me, uh, purchasing my work, like having people message me saying, oh, I, I bought this piece of your work. I really love it. I really love the sort of style you have. It's been the most sort of surreal thing I've ever experienced. Like before this, I was doing art full time, but it was, I was hardly making any money. I was just either doing um odd client jobs or i would most of it was selling prints through my my shopify site but it, it, it's nothing compared to to nfts and like i would encourage anyone um either who is listening now who is or who isn't listening if you do art and you really believe in what you have to show the world if you do art and you really believe in what you have to show the world i would encourage you 110 percent go into nfts give it a try you know, join the NFT Twitter community and really showcase your work because there are so many people in this space who who are willing to to bet on you as a person, to bet on your work, and it just feels amazing to have people sort of believe in your work and and sort of the visions you want to create. It's it's really been like the the crazy the craziest twelve months of my life ever. It's just been incredible, and I can't wait to see what happens next. That's amazing, Nathan. Um, that's just great to be up here with you guys.
uh, Spotty, I hope I'm on the right contract because I'm about to buy one of your NFTs. I heard it somewhere, like at some point, I recognized your voice and I, I just played one of them in the background while you guys were all talking. I hope I'm on the right one. Is it called uh, hey. I'm Spotty with, with uh, apostrophes? Yeah, but let me help you out, though. Let me help you out because um, I, I, I have not been able to get verified by OpenSea, which is a subject that I'm not going to go into in detail on this space. But um, <laughs> OpenSea, got a there learn. you go. <laughs> 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 Decentralized. Actually, that's Wait. Talk about, uh, you're talking about like IP and stuff like that, right? Because you know, OpenSea, OpenSea is one of those centralized platform or centralized platforms that does have to like protect its users right, and right. respond to DMCA, right? So that's just like one of the things that they have in policy in place that you know they don't they don't verify derivative projects and to not confuse other people who might buy a derivative project thinking it's right. I can help so, you out though if you go to SpottyWiFi.com. That is a beautiful site that Richard's team built for me. And um, the, the big button there, uh, the call to action button, it says like buy on OpenSea and that will link you to the correct um, and um, authentic uh, collection of OpenSea. Yep, I see it right now. Thank you, appreciate that. Uh, and, thank you. And, uh, yeah, dude. Um, and, and Richard, you're like, you're like uh, my devil's advocate, man. I'm like, oh, it's gotta be decentralized and there has to be no rules. And you're like, no, well, listen, you know, people aren't gonna like that. And it's just, it's good to have that, like uh, that synergy there. Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny because I always joke that someone's gonna come along and create what I call like, it's called OpenSea Zero which is a zero royalty, zero commission, zero fucks given marketplace. And, you know, I think that because you're just basic market economics, I think that might end up being the default marketplace because it's just everyone's what, what on it, it. So, <laughs> oh, I, it, it's, it's a, it's a joke. I, I call uh, it uh, zero, <laughs> which is, you know, just zero fees. Dude, I literally was like, uh, can I get yeah, on there right now? Or? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I put it out there and asked people if people would use it. And most people, a lot of people are like, no, because they, they want, you know, artists to get the royalties and so on. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to sell a piece that's worth like a hundred grand and there's like a 10% royalty and uh, marketplace fee on it, then that's okay. like 10 grand there. Right. So, if, you know, you know, that's a big, that's a big hit for some people. Right. And so like, well, why don't I just go sell them this like, you know, decentralized marketplace and nobody will know and I'll save 10 grand. So that's great. I think someone's going to create it. So I think it's only a matter of time. I think I think a lot of this stuff is like uh, with regards to like fees and intermediate intermediaries. I think it's a race to zero in the decentralized landscape. So. Well, also, Richard, I think that um, I think there's also going to come along one or multiple marketplaces that really understand licensing and understand the power of uh, collection like the apes or the gutter cat gang or some of these other collections that are giving their buyers clear-cut intellectual property rights, okay? Because that's something that right now, that all of the ape owners, they can sell ape, you know, ape uh, candles, ape, you know, uh, whatever, like any product you can think of. If you own an ape, you could put it, you could put your ape on it and sell it because you have those commercial rights. But if you put it on an NFT and you put it on OpenSea and you sell $10 billion worth of your product right now, their policy says you will not get a blue check and you will not get verified and your consumers, your fans will not be 
protected from scam accounts uh, because they're not going to verify you to help make it easier for them and, prote and protect your consumers. But ultimately, some marketplace is going to come along and say, oh, this doesn't make any sense. And we should actually be uh, encouraging licensing um, and we should be protecting consumers in that way. And not only licensing for, for ape owners or NFT owners to sell trinkets and skateboards and t-shirts, but also licensing in the sense of connecting intellectual property licensees with content creators. You know, think of a marketplace where Hollywood movie producers, just like, just like a music supervisor can go online and look for music that is free and cleared, right? Already ready for you to license it. There will be a marketplace where you can go and look for NFTs that the licensing has already been worked out and it's pre-sorted and uh, somebody at Netflix can say, oh, I need 10 apes for a new show. Let me go find these 10 apes. And they're, they're actually verified with a blue check because that marketplace understands licensing. Like that will happen. So I actually think, uh, I actually will further than that. I actually think marketplaces aren't gonna exist. Um, you know, just given the decentralized nature of thing, right? Uh, of how things are going. So, you know, the way I see it is that, you know, going forward, like OpenSea is the best. So, you know, the way I see it is that, you know, going forward, like OpenSea is the best discovery place mechanism and sales marketplace right now, right? It's just the de facto standard, right, for everything. But, you know, if you think about the whole promise of decentralization, it's that, you know, you as a creator can come on there and just create your own platform. You know, that's what we're kind of doing with Manifold is trying to like help people create, to become their own platforms. And then, you know, if I wanted to go, uh, you know, learn about, you know, spotty Wi-Fi and interact and uh, be part of the marketplace, I would just go to your site and have all your NFTs on there. It'd be your complete decentralized marketplace where your community could live, your, all your sales and everything on there would be, you know, verified because it's yours. Or, you know, you could say, this is my site. Uh, this is verified through my, you know, wallet address and identities and so on. And, you know, you could do every single thing you can do on OpenSea just, you know, just specific to your brand and platform. You know, that's that's why I kind of see I it. got a question about that. So you're saying that the, that the creators would not get the, the royalty fees anymore, though? Well, you know, it, it depends on how, you know, it, it's, 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 it's interesting because it's human behavior and econo economics are playing in here, right? That's, you know, a place like OpenSea right now is the de facto marketplace, right? It's, it is the secondary market for every single thing right now. And the way royalties work is that the royalties are kind of are baked into the, the marketplace itself. Like you can't bake royalties into the smart contract. You can't force them in the smart contract because that kind of defeats the the spec of the smart contract and how you know everyone expects the uh, NFTs to work. You know, but if you create, if, you know, if I were to go create a marketplace today and just say I just cloned OpenSea and just said, hey, so there's no royalties. I'm not going to respect any royalties. I'm going to charge zero fees. Like you know, would people use that? I think a lot of people would just because the cost savings of doing so, you know, but, you know, what I'm talking about with creators becoming their own platform is that, you know, a creator could come along and then spin up their own version of OpenSea and host it themselves on their own websites and properties and have that kind of be their marketplace for their, their entities. You know, it could be the primary drop and their secondary drop, mm -hmm. have all the stats collections and be verified. Right. And it would be like, you know, if I want to talk about licensing for this collection, then, you know, it's baked right into the website of the platform itself because it's, you know, it is the owner's, in this case, you know, for Spotty's case, it'd be like his website that he would have full control but, over. But it would be, you know, as, would it be easily like searchable in a database where you could find all the artists? Like, you know, because that's the, that's well, the convenience know, that, thing of it. 
yeah, you know, that, that comes back down to like, you know, what, how, what is, what is discovery for NFTs right now? The, the thing about NFTs is that I, I'm pretty sure nobody goes to OpenSea to discover NFTs. They, they go to OpenSea to find NFTs once they, they learn about the NFT, or you can go to OpenSea and type it in. But, you know, back to kind of our earlier discussion is, you know, what is the discovery mechanism, mechanism of finding an NFT? It's, you know, what I mentioned before was Twitter, it's Twitter and Discord. Yeah, right? that, is, how that did, is a good how, point. You know, yeah. Right. So, you know, if Spotty said, you know, if everyone's sharing Spotty's like, this is my marketplace platform link, then I can go there and buy it, right? Then sure, right? But, you know, that comes back to the point of, like, you know, what is, it, what is OpenSea's point right now? Or point? It's search to find NFTs and then secondary market. It's not good for primary discovery or primary drops. Agreed. Yeah, that, I mean, that is, a, that is a great point. It's not, I don't go on OpenSea and, like, search for a new collection. I hear about it on Twitter or in a Discord or you know, from the artist directly on one of those platforms. So I, yeah, I agree. Good times. So, uh, Spotty, what do you, what's your, uh, what's your next move, man? Now that you're all sold out, what's your, uh, what's your next game? What's your game plan? Man, I would love to tell you that, but I got to keep some cards close to the chest, but I guess I would say in a broad sense, my sole focus right now, is bringing value to my token holders. Those There's 700, just under 700 people that hold my tokens. I have 2,000 tokens. Um, so those 700 individuals are my sole focus right now, making them the smartest people in the room um, and, and just proving them right on their, their betting on me. Um, so that's going to be through content and through partnerships. It's going to be through content and through partnerships. Um, and and that's you know those are two things that I'm I'm good at so I I think that they've made a good bet and I'm I'm looking to prove them right, um, and and that goes beyond music really like I'm not trying to be uh, I'm not trying to be the crypto punk rapper in the long term I'm trying to be the crypto punk movie star the crypto punk you know game show host the crypto punk uh, everything bro I'm I'm trying to just expand into everything music is just the the way that I'm kicking in the door. And um, I think you'll be seeing a lot of different content formats from me. You know, the music videos that I dropped a few weeks ago that Nathan mentioned, that was actually my Genesis piece was two weeks before my album dropped. I did three music videos as one of one auctions. And those music videos were with really talented animators from all over the world. And it just kind of showcased that Spotty is not, there's a distinction between Spotty and CryptoPunk number 5528. You know, the, the crypto punk has inspired this idea of Spotty, this identity of Spotty, but different artists can interpret him in different ways. And um, I'm not confined to the 24 by 24 pixels that that encapsulate a crypto punk. And so I'm looking to work with more artists to, that can that can re-envision Spotty in, in their own styles, you know, in terms of animations and, and storytelling um, and then, of course, you know, I'll, I'll always still continue to be doing the music. So things like that in the form of content and partnerships are, are all that I think about right now. And so the, those token holders that are in early, you know, they've basically got the all access pass, you know, the season pass for the foreseeable future when when some of these things uh, start to roll out. Yeah, I love it. That sounds good. Do you plan on uh, doing anything in the uh, metaverse or in Decentraland? 
you cut out for a second there, Lucas. What'd you say? Oh, sorry. Can you guys hear me? Now I can. Yep. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Um, are you? Do you plan on doing anything in Decentraland or or any any metaverse uh, in the near future? Man, you're you're asking some good questions, bro. Um, so I, <laughs> I recently um, I recently unveiled, you know, because every king needs a kingdom, Lucas. I mean, this is true, right? So uh, I recently unveiled my my music slash party venue in crypto voxels it's called the spotatorium so we had a party there an album release party last weekend uh we'll be doing a lot more there in in crypto voxels that's my virtual real estate that i own i also own some land in sandbox near the board ape yacht club uh region of the map so that one i i that land is not developed yet but at some point there will be some sort of spotty game going on there but um, it's funny you mentioned Decentraland. Uh, I, I'm not ready to make any sort of announced, specific announcement yet. But um, yes, I will be doing something in Decentraland in the coming weeks. Um, and all, all I can say is that, you know, I have not done a live performance yet. Like I, I have not, yeah. other, than a couple rap, uh, other than a couple rap battles, I've never done a spotty live performance. Um, but that is unsustainable because I, I, of course, do plan to perform live. And so be on the lookout for a, an announcement related to that soon. Spotty, Spotty, I would Yo. love to uh, have you perform at my uh, Meta Dome, which is the concert venue that I have in Decentraland. Uh, we have a huge screen. We do streaming events. Uh, we had an event with 250 people there uh, about a week and a half ago, and it, over 500 popes were generated and grabbed. So I would love to talk to you about doing something uh, at my venue. It's it's a done deal, bro. Consider it consider it done. Let's just work out the timing. I have I have something in mind for my debut, my first live performance um, coming up in the coming weeks. Uh, but following that, I I would love to to set something up for a follow up. Awesome, dude. That's what these space that's what these spaces are all about, right here, guys. Is making connections, you know, talking about all this stuff, and then like making uh, partnerships happen and moving forward with the. I mean, just everybody helping everybody's freaking amazing. So. So, uh, should we open it up? To yeah, some hey, questions? let me ask Spotty something. Hey, Spotty. Yeah, go you for should, it. Um, you should perform at NFT New York. <laughs> That'll be down. I know, like, they're open for, like, 30 minutes. You should just grab a little section and just go off. Man, Gambit, I like the way you think. Um, I would really like to get out to NFT New York. Um, it's, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it there, to be honest. Um just geographically right now um, i'm not sure if i'm gonna make it and you know traveling right now is kind of crazy but i'm really playing it by ear to see how things go with like all the craziness going on right now with travel um but i would really like to make that happen the other thing i really have to figure out which i haven't totally wrapped my brain around is how i want to conduct performances in the meatverse you know because i'm spotty you know what i mean like i'm i'm uh, agnostic i flow between the metaverse and the meatverse i'm good in every hood right but i got to figure out exactly what a live performance in the meatverse looks like for me i've got it figured out in the metaverse which is coming up soon um but i have to figure out what that look coming up soon um but i have to figure out what that looks like in the meatverse you know whether it's like you know, is it some sort of a physical mask that I that I use? Is it some sort of uh, 
you know, Tupac hologram inspired thing. Um, but, and I haven't really quite wrapped my brain around that because I want to keep some level of mystery. You know, I'm, I'm really inspired. Like Spotty is very much inspired by like the gorillas and mad villain and some of these pseudo anonymous artists. And so I want to, when I do, you know, have my world premiere in the Meatverse. I want to maintain some of that level of mystery. Yo, Spotty, I just thought of something hilarious. What if, because you have a CryptoPunk and a Bored Ape, right? Yes, sir. I have my hype man, Gold Rilla. He's the world's only Bored Hype Man. There we go. I'm using his name right now. I, lo I, lo I love it. I love it. Um, so I was thinking of you just like coming out on stage and like, the front half of your body you are decked out in board ape and then the back of your body is all crypto punk and like you have it pasted on both sides so you could like perform as the board ape and then and then like spin around and be the crypto i don't know i'm just like going crazy with my with my thoughts here but i just it was just a funny thought no, two-faced style Hop <laughs> right two a two-faced like same same person rapper like that's like flip around yeah, these are these are the questions that I have to figure out for the meatverse because um like when I'm in the metaverse, you know, I have it's it's easier to depict multiple characters, my hype man, I have a me <laughs> I have a me bit DJ. Um so I, I I haven't sorted all that in terms of how I'm gonna do that, you know, in IRL. What's the DJ's name? So I have a skeleton me bit that uh that's DJ Mad Skells. Um and he's uh Oh shit. He's, and nice. He's like extremely that. he's an extremely technically proficient uh, and masterful DJ. He's just a little cranky. He's kind of a pain in the ass. He feels like he's always the butt of the joke, and uh, he's kind of envious of Goldrilla because me and Goldrilla are really tight. But he's a great DJ. I love it, dude. I love all the characters you got. It's like a whole like it's like a tv show in itself like an nft tv show reality series about spotty like hey bro give me give me a pump the brakes give me a couple months here but but you see what i'm you see what i'm working on i'm 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 on i'm building out the spotty verse for sure it's not just raps it's not just sing-alongs I'm, I'm definitely building out the spotty verse as we speak yeah I'm, I'm really happy i grabbed one of your nfts man thank you for for being a great content creator thank you man i appreciate i appreciate your support Man, I wish I would have grabbed one of those myself now. My bad, Spotty. It's not too late. The floor the floor is, uh, you know, it's above the mint cost, but uh, you, you could probably pick one up right now for just as much as the people who minted pay when you factor in gas. Wow, I gotta, I'm going to go do that then. Right after this discussion, I'm going to go buy one. <laughs> no doubt about it, actually. So I'm going to, do you mind if I open up for questions or do you guys have some more uh, more stuff to add real quick? You good? Okay, cool. Yeah, you're good. I'm gonna. Okay, cool. Hey, um, I'm gonna bring up Mr. Mr. Rug. Oh, yeah, I see who he is. Cool. Schiller. Who are you letting up? Is it my my rude? What which one is it? Yeah, my my uh, my Rugma, which is uh, looks like he's the co-founder of Schiller. That it's spinning out of control. So yeah, I'm sure it's gonna try to prove him. Oh, it added him. It added him. Go ahead, my man. What's up, brother? 
Mr. Rouge, can you hear? Or Rouge, can you hear me? My Gotta love Twitter. For, Gotta love it. Shoot. All right. Next. Nope. I think it's like bugging out. It could be for sure. That's just Twitter. There we day. go. NFT Nick, what's up, man? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, Nick. Hello. Go ahead. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? Dude, uh, well, Spotty, I just good, saw it. I'm, I'm, I'm working on your floor. Um, but uh, I was also going to say you were talking about in-person stuff for uh, NFT New York. You should chat with uh, – I can introduce you to the portal people. They have, like, an entire virtual, like, monitor screen full body uh, thing that you can present, and they actually use it for concerts. Uh, so I, I highly recommend um, chatting. So I, I highly recommend um, chatting with them because they could uh, beam you onto the stage. I would love that. Actually, that would be great because um, you know that eliminates the travel, uh, you know, uh, complications and everything. And I'm 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 set up for virtual performances, so that that would be amazing. I don't know if they're going to send you a portal to your house. Well, maybe they will. The whole setup is like absolutely bonkers, but I highly recommend it. And the guy who created it was inspired by that, like Tupac Mirage back in the day. And uh, so he's now trying to recreate it for people that are on stage. Anyways. That's dope. Sounds awesome. Yeah. I would love to learn more. And Nick, by the way, for everybody that doesn't know, Nick is a great follow. He was the first person to ever invite me to be interviewed uh, with on his platform, his podcast and his, his uh, website. So Nick is a true, uh, you know, a true OG supporter of mine. And I really appreciate everything that you've done for me, bro. Thank you so much. Well, now I'm an NFT holder also. So yeah. And the floor is way too low. <laughs> so you, everyone here should go and pick one up while it's this wildly cheap. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you. I'm literally in the process of looking it up right now. I, I grabbed one of the gold Rilla ones, dude. Fire. Yeah, I'm buying one right now, actually. I just recommend everybody, you know, the best place to start is the website, spottywifi.com, just to make sure you go to the official um, OpenSea page, because I know there are some some knockoffs on there. Spotty, I've got a question for you, um, if it's cool. Basically, uh when did you like have you done have you sort of dabbled in you know rap music and that before releasing your music you know your track i'm spotty because uh for me like the lyrics there's they're, they're, they're so good but the, the way you've written the whole song it makes it sound like you're you're incredibly experienced with what you do like how long have you been doing writing lyrics sort of doing rap or is this like a fairly new thing because like the stuff you've written so far it's it's so good that it makes me think you've been doing this for like years man thank you so much bro thank you um yeah i have you know i've i was uh i was doing music full-time some number of years ago more years ago than I, i'll probably care to state specifically um and then the past several years i've i've not been doing music um i actually really hadn't written anything in several years um but yes i've definitely like I definitely have my 10,000 hours under my belt and then some uh, I've written. I mean, I, I used to be signed to a major music publisher 
uh, which was actually a very bad deal that I should not have signed. And that's a big part of the reason why I took so much time off. Um, but yeah, I've, I've written for myself. I've, I've written for band. I was part, part of bands, part of rap groups as a solo artist. I've written for other artists, you know, um, I've, I've actually written, I've probably written more for other artists than even myself, you know, writing for pop groups and things like that. So when you, if you listen to my album, you know, if you go on OpenSea and you listen to my, my songs, you know, you'll hear songs that are like fun rap, you know, I'm spotty is like a fun vibe. Uh, the gold Rilla song that Michael K bought, that's more of a, that's more of a, you know, a, a hard hitting vibe. Um, I've got a song with art chick. That's an R and B sort of slow jam. So um, I've, I've definitely, yeah, I've, I've, I've been writing songs for a long time. I just took a long break, but NFTs and this, this whole culture uh, was really inspiring to both me and my, my longtime music producer. And we were just inspired by the way that we can now interact with our fans directly. We can bring them value directly. The need for a lot of the middle middle manning is eliminated and that enabled us to, to come up with a fun project and then to release it in an innovative way. So it was really just a matter of like being inspired to get, get back into it this year. Yeah, that's so cool, man. Like I could, I could instantly tell by, by how good the lyrics were like you as a songwriter. I, I was thinking like this guy has to have been doing it uh, for longer than since, you know, he's must've been doing it for years because like the, the lyrics were just so good. The way that they really brought about the message that you were trying to tell, like I was just so impressed. I thought like, you know, this, this is better than some of the, some of the, some of the stuff that like, famous rappers right like it was just it was just brilliant like i'm I'm such a fan it's i mean you hear fantastic. you hear the energy in his voice like you just feel it like it's it's fire thank you guys i i really appreciate it and really truly we're just getting started you know there's seven songs on the album two of them are remixes um and those are the first those are the first songs that i've written as spotty you know um, I think there's 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 one other song that I wrote a chorus for. It was sort of inspired by NBA Top Shot. I let that one fall to the cutting room floor just because Top Shot <laughs> has been uh, not very not not very relevant or something that people are uh, too inspired by for a while. That's sort of changing now. Uh, for a while, that's sort of changing now. Um, and then there's one other song that I wrote to an industry beat. I wrote an I wrote another freestyle that I plan on releasing. Um, when ETH hits $5,528, which is my CryptoPunk number, 5528. When ETH hits 5528, I have a freestyle that I'm going to drop, but it won't be for sale because it's an industry beat. So anyways, the songs on the album are literally the first five full songs that I wrote as Spotty Wi-Fi plus two remixes. And so we're truly, tr my music producer and I are truly just getting started. Beautiful, man. I love it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I already own one of your songs now, so just FYI. I love that. Thank you, Lucas. I appreciate it. Oh, my, are you kidding me? Thank you for the good music, man. This is good shit. That, that's really an awesome story, um, Spotty. And I, you know, I'm glad that the NFT community brought you back out because your your talent is high level, and you know, it's unfortunate. I, you know, I know the music industry is, you know. It's a it's a doggy dog world, and the fact that artists are allowed.
the audience directly. I mean, it's awesome because, you know, I'm really happy I got to experience your work and then I'm going to continue to. Thank you, bro. And I really think it was all meant to be because, like, if if I if I could go back years and uh, if I could have had everything worked out the way I wanted it to work out, I would have I would have been a, a big artist, you know, doing big performances, selling a lot of records. But there's probably almost no way that I would have been in a position to be able to do what I did on Wednesday because I would have been. I was doing this years ago before even Chance the Rapper or or like around the be, before Chance the Rapper sort of, you know, he won three Grammys as an independent artist that that broke the mold. Right. I was like doing music full time right around that time. But the 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 template, the, the blueprint was was not there yet. And so if I had my wish, I probably would have been signed to some deal that would have never allowed me to do what we did on Wednesday, because like those those major label artists their labels and their attorneys are terrified of the model that we engine that we engineered and pioneered on Wednesday um, because that sort of model exposes that they are um, they are vulnerable and they're they're unnecessary a lot of the middle right you know honestly like that's a lot of you listen to Kanye West talk at all? He he says like the same stuff. And like honestly, like this is the answer to what he's been looking for because he's been he's been screaming about that. I mean, he has his unique way of doing it, but he's been talking about, hey, these artists are getting ripped off. These artists don't have the rights to their music, and the NFTs might be the answer. To totally. That. I mean, Nick Nick had an incredible tweet on Wednesday night. He tweeted. That, that spotty, just the, the amount of revenue that I made in 60 seconds or less on Wednesday afternoon, I would have needed 40 million streams on Spotify to get that revenue from a streaming service, okay? I have under 10,000 streams on all streaming platforms combined, okay? So that just tells you that all the middlemen and the labels and the paper pushers they're just raking in money from these artists. That's why the music industry has such a, such a terrible reputation, right? Um, now, imagine imagine if Kanye took the model that we invented, okay? Let's say Kanye puts out one of these five-song albums. Let's say he can actually get it done on time, and he, and he puts it out, right? Um, and, and he puts it out on schedule, and he says, it's a mystery mint. You, you pay 100 bucks. You don't know which song you're going to get, but you're going to get a song. And then you'll get to download all the MP3s, but you'll have this digital collectible token. I mean, that would be he's insane. Not, he's not going to sell two thousand. He's going to sell twenty million, or he's going to sell. You know, he's going to sell, or he's going to sell two thousand, and they're going to each cost a thousand dollars, whatever it is. You know, like, and and that money would go to who? It's not going to. He's not going to need a label. He's not going to need all these other things. You know, I mean, he has. He's he's not. He's not like most artists that are signed to some bullshit deal on a, on a major label i'm sure he's i'm sure he's getting i would i would assume he's doing better in terms of his actual margin than the average artist but you see what i'm saying like if you take the model that that spotty wi-fi took with under ten thousand streams with six thousand followers and you take that model and you apply it to an artist that has a real plat a big platform and has the autonomy to actually execute it and it's like it's going to expose the whole industry overnight that's that's like the perfect uh, 
uh, combination of variables to come to this point, right? Like, so 10 years ago, doing something like this would not have been possible because the adaptation for blockchain and the, and the applications that we have now that allow you to mint and, and release that music in the, in the form that you did with a smart contract, now it's allowing these artists to exactly, like you said, get rid of the middlemen. And I think that I, I, okay, I could have went and streamed your song for free. I could have purchased, could have went and streamed your song for free. I could have purchased your album on iTunes for $20, but I just went and because I listen to your music and I support you and I want to own something from your wallet address as an artist, I paid 150 bucks for your song that even though I have the ability to, to, to listen to for free, I'm supporting you. Now I'm with you, right? Like now I have a connection with an artist that I love. And this is why allowing NFTs to be uh, a form of expression and, and a form of uh, uh, getting the your work out there as an artist, whether it's music, whether it's graphics, whether it's 3D builds, whatever it is, anybody in this room has the capability of taking advantage of the wave we have right now. And and Spotty, that is the platform that you've released uh, and released it on and the way that you did it, I think makes so much sense. And I think um, it's, it's just a beautiful way to, to put it all together. Thank you, bro. And the other thing is you as a token holder now, my success is tied to your success and your success is tied to my success, right? Like if you, if you are a spotty supporter from day one and five years from now, I, my following has a hundred X or whatever, you own one of only 2000 uh, tokens from my first album. You know, right. when, when you go on iTunes and you buy a song for a dollar 99 or whatever it is, that what what resale value does that have it has almost right, zero right. zero resale value because it is totally fungible you can you can make as many copies of that as you want you can put it on as many usb drives you can email it to as many friends as you want Th these 2000 tokens are non-fungible and that's that's the whole point and the other thing is because because it's non-fungible i can say and i and i am doing this the you michael k you did not just buy a song that you can listen to, a token with a song that you can listen to. You bought the right to remix that song and use it for commercial purposes. You know, there's a terms and conditions uh, link right under the, the, the buy on OpenSea button. You read those terms and conditions. You have a limited, non-exclusive copyright license to the song that you bought. You can put it in an ad. You could put it in a Decentraland ad. You could put it in an ad for your music venue. And you don't need, you already have my permission because you own the token. You could remix it and have another artist rap over it and have them perform it in your music video and put it in an ad. You could license it to a third party that wants to create an ad or a film or a TV show or a video game. And, um, and so, you know, part of that was inspired by the Bored Apes. We were talking a lot, much earlier about commercial rights. The Bored Apes made all of their collectors franchisees. All of their collectors are brand ambassadors because they have certainty with regard to their copyright um, license. And so that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do with my fans, because if Michael K uses my song to advertise his music venue, that only helps me, you know? And, um, and so it's a new, it's a, you know, I think, I think we're, we're writing, uh, you know, we're, we're building a blueprint now. And I think even more innovation will come. Like we'll probably look back in 10 years and think like, oh, that was such a like 
you know, cavemen writing on the walls, like sort of a, it looks, it looks very primitive in 10 years from now, but um, it's definitely part of the evolution. I, I think that the creators are the winners and they're going to be the biggest winners in the, in the next five, 10, 15 years, as long as we, these platforms are not suppressed by the people that have control of them. Now, I guarantee you, like you said, the music industry is afraid of this, right? Just like, just like the, the financial industry is afraid of crypto. Uh, it's a new thing, but it makes sense. Like just, just the fact that I can take your music and also combine it with another NFT that I purchased from another artist like, like uh, uh, Apes 3D. And I can make a 3D music video of that and make it as an ad for the concert we're going to throw you, plus showcase community NFTs at that concert like we did at the previous event. It just creates this rolling, rolling effect of creativity being shared across the masses. And everybody just you know, being able to, to help each other out without middlemen taking pieces of everything that we're doing. Exactly. Yep. Lewis, you got we a have question? a lot of questions here, guys. Yeah, we got a lot of questions coming up here, but uh, I, Lewis has a question. And when we have some, a lot of questions on our DMs, so go ahead, Lewis. Thanks so much, guys. Um, first of all, Spotty, I just want to say um, I'm a massive fan of you. I've been following you for an awful long time now. Um, I'm actually from um, England in sort of a, well, Bristol, southwest England now. Um, one of my um, ex-work colleagues I used to work with is um, a co-host on one of the UK's biggest grossing um, Spotify podcasts. They've recently signed a Spotify deal um, with their producer. Um, what would be your views in terms of making something like what you're doing sort of more mainstream in terms of allowing a much wider public audience having access to your NFTs. Is there something you would like to do with a view to sort of expanding the audience in the future? With a view to sort of expanding the audience in the future? You mean in terms of like the quantity of NFTs? Like I, I only made 2000, is that what you mean? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But also increasing the the overall viewership of, of, of your content, because I can make that happen. Yeah, man, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, I'm not trying, uh, Spotty right now is in this NFT world, which is a very insular world. Like we all know each other or we know we have mutual acquaintances, but, but Spotty, the vision for Spotty is to become a household name, you know? So yes, I, I'm, I'm looking for any opportunity to introduce myself to new audiences, a hundred percent. The reason I went with 2000 NFTs for this one was because I felt like I felt like the best thing I could do to bring value to my early supporters is to not oversaturate the market or dilute myself. Um, but uh, yes, in the future, in the future, you know, I hope I hope a year from now I'm putting out my second album. And we have to do twenty thousand, you know, or or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Like I, I don't want, um, I, I don't want to just uh, have seven hundred token holders, which is what I have today. I, I want, I want to um, build build the audience as much as I can, one hundred percent. We have uh, some DMs. You want to answer? You there, Amy? Uh, she might have stuff. Sorry, away. sorry, my headset's just died. One second. No worries. 
Rebecca, you had a question? Yes, hi. Um, hello. hello. So uh, you guys had mentioned earlier about incorporating holograms. Um, I actually am an NFT hologram artist um, and have been working with holograms for about six years. So um, it's totally doable. Um, like uh, somebody had mentioned portal um, those are great however it's just one view it's just the single front view and the left right and back side are opaque so if you want to do like front left back right um, while you know while you're in concert um, you would need to do like a quad split holographic uh, format like as the nft um, and then project it onto a um like a pyramid that has uh, the four sides at four sides at a at a forty five degree angle. Um, preferably, uh, the NFT would be um, projected from above. And then, um, if you wanted to do like, and and that of course is three sixty, but because of the pyramid, then you're dealing with corners. So if you want to omit the corners, you can do a cylindrical or conical shape. Um, same kind of thing. However, the um, the source material, like the NFT, whatever the source video is, uh, would have to be um, like anamorphic. So that way it's uh, it's distorted and seamless. That way when you walk around the cylinder, there's no corners and you can see um, the, the person in the round. Um, Imagine auctioning off that NFT after the concert. Yeah, for sure. And it's totally doable. Sorry about that. It's okay. It's okay. It we all hit the 100. <laughs> that 100 is over the mute button. Yeah, that is a bad design. It is, but they'll fix it, I'm sure, eventually. Sorry. Uh, so, Rebecca, let's say, let's. Uh, I'm sure Spotty wants to talk with you. You guys should, uh, you know, get together in DMs and like make, maybe you guys can make some. Yes, I've, I've, I'm following you now. Um, I definitely don't want to deprive the people of all 360 degrees of Spotty. You know, the front view is the front. The front <laughs> view is is a good look, but it's not enough. So, I definitely want to learn more. I love. That. We need the cri- the crypto punk booty. Is what you're trying to say. <laughs> I mean, I have all sorts of fans in me. You know, I have I have people that are in into Spotty for all sorts of reasons. Dude, I own three songs now, just so you know. So, <laughs> yeah, Lucas, are you serious? You're you're making you're making FOMO into the rest right now, bro. I just bought three. Trust me, um, I bought uh, different. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I might buy two more. I appreciate. Right trying to be a Spotty whale. I'm gonna be a Spotty whale. I, I believe in this guy, man. I, I believe in um, I'm, I'm about to DM Rebecca. Did anybody catch Lewis's handle? Because I think he might have had technical difficulties. Yeah, I can I can DM you. Awesome. Thank you. Spotty, if you could shoot me one as well, I notice I can't uh, send you one on your profile. Okay, yeah. I don't know why that is. That was Michael K that, that just said that, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yep. For sure. Oh, uh, okay. So, sorry, I forgot your name, bro. Um, my Rugma. My ru- sorry, man. Just go, uh, Schiller. Yeah. Schiller guy. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> we'll sorry, get him. Yeah, that's it. No worries, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just want to say uh, awesome for hosting this space. couple friends on stage here. Uh, Nathan, I see you. Um, Spotty, Richard, uh, Ethan. So, Rebecca as well, Nick, you just wanted to ask uh, Spotty about any, like, let's say, you know, um, collaborations from the, you know, traditional rap world 
that you would love to make happen? Because uh, I know, for example, you know, Jay-Z, he got the punk. Richard helped him out with the smart contract uh, for his NFT drop. Then you got Nas, obviously interested in crypto. And I know Nas is one of your favorite rappers. Is that something you would pursue? Maybe make a, a collab with them? I don't think it's out of the question at this point. Yeah, I would. I mean, I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely going to be pursuing any any sorts of collabs that I with with you know artists that I really like and that that I, I would love to collab with. I'm going to be pursuing that soon. Um, one of the things that I'm there, there's just like so many things I'm trying to pursue right now, and it we're I'm really a, I'm really a two man team. It's me and my music producer. You know, we're and then and then I have partners like Richard who's on stage who help bring my smart contract to life and my website to life, um, and even Schiller. You know, Schiller helped me with some of my strategy of of how to market and roll things out, as you know. So um, it's just we're a very um, we're we're a very lean mean machine so in terms of pursuing features i can't say that it's been a super high priority it's something i really want to do it's also something that usually comes with a nice hefty price tag if you want to get a mainstream artist involved um unless you have a real in which i'm goals with a few artists that i might be able to get something done pretty cost effectively but for what most artists for what you would expect to mainstream feature an industry feature i just feel like in this space right now i could put 10 or 20 grand use in so many other ways you know like like getting my getting my avatar ready getting my vr rig ready thinking about holograms thinking about different things that are going to have long-term value because let's let's say i dropped you know, let's say I dropped 10 and or 20 grand on a feature, right? Like you get a, you get a song with soldier boy or something like that. That's great. And that's going to be really exciting for the NFT community. But the real goal of that is to, is to build a bridge to cross over and get some mainstream attention. And even to do that, just having a feature from another artist is not guaranteeing that you're going to do that. You're still going to have to probably put pour more money into that project, you know, bring somebody on that's going to do the PR work for you. Maybe put some, uh, some sort of a radio promoter on your, on your budget, that sort of thing. So basically what I'm saying is, yes, it's definitely on my list of things that I want to make happen soon. Um, but it has to be the right opportunity because I can't justify that being a big expenditure for me right now when there's so much other like infrastructure things I need to do to bring Spotty to life in different ways in the meatverse and the metaverse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love how you're thinking more Web3. You're not thinking Web2. You're not thinking what would people be doing. You're thinking differently what would people be doing. You're thinking differently and that's what got you to where you are right now so to continue that long-term vision of building the metaverse and you know meeting that with as you call it the meat versus is really amazing so yeah appreciate that thank of you of course and the other thing is i just feel like we're all on this train that is moving like the wheels are moving and um People are as as we get to new levels and as we as we reach new checkpoints or hit different stations, some of these mainstream these mainstream artists are eventually going to get on the train, right? And like, you know, 
for the for the rap community, like if they want to do it right, like they got to come talk to the king eventually, you know, like so. So me me spending 10 or 20 grand now to to get a song going, maybe in six months, maybe I just keep doing what I'm doing till we we make enough noise that it's unavoidable and, and they have to come. They have to come holler at me, not me holler at them. I like that. Hey, Marvos, you got a question, my man? Yeah, what's up, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. How are yeah, you? Yeah. Um, really, I kind of missed yesterday, but um, by the hear, by, by the looks of it, I'm hearing that like you can buy actual tracks from the artist. Is that can someone like run me down with what's going on? Yeah. So go. So just so you know, this is the artist um, right here. Gold Rilla is uh, Spotty Wi-Fi. Yeah. Okay. Oh, spotty. Okay, for sure. Yeah, I yeah. Spotty. I was having some technical difficulties on my phone, but basically, yeah, I dropped an I dropped an album on Wednesday in an innovative way. Uh, the idea is you buy you buy a token, uh, an NFT. Each NFT is a song from the album, or some of them are really rare remixes, like even one of one remixes that are not on the album. But no matter what, if you buy one of the tokens and you're holding it, uh, then in the coming months, we're going to take a snapshot and whoever's holding the token will sign up and get a vinyl record. So, and, and if you buy it today, you can go into the discord right now and you can download the full album as MP3s or as wave files. Um, and you get commercial usage rights to the song or songs that you own the NFT for. So, you know, we're taking sort of the gamification, the collectability, the rarity traits of NFTs and applying them to songs because some of the songs are rare. Some of the songs are more common. And we're also extending commercial usage rights. So you could remix a song uh, if you own the NFT. You can put it in an ad, a TV show. Yeah, that's, that's different. Yeah, I've never heard of an artist actually giving their fans commercial rights over their music. That's a uh, that's a concept I've never. So I want to be clear. I have seen some other artists do it. Um, I've seen like uh, I, my my friend Louis C. Rhymes. I think he did that with his drop a couple months ago. Um, but so so I, I don't want to claim that I'm the first to do the commercial rights thing. Um, but you know, we we basically tried to combine a few different innovative things that that are tr that are on trend in nfts but that that really haven't necessarily taken hold in music nfts yet and try to combine them to create something that is in the aggregate different and new i mean that's great i mean listen you don't need to really reinvent the wheel all you're doing is like bringing it to like a new platform right like this whole concept of like bridging music right that's that in itself is something cool and i can't wait to see like the future of that Totally. And it's the, it's the beginning of the beginning, you know, so like the, these sorts of innovations are like I was saying earlier, I think in, in 10 years, these sorts of innovations will look primitive or they'll, they'll just look like, of course, everybody does that. You know, why would you, why would you buy a song that you could download for free, you know, that you could pirate? Like we had this whole debate a decade ago or more. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm sh showing my age, but you know, we had the Napster debate and, and ultimately what, what the blockchain is allowing us to say is like, why should you buy a song that you could just pirate for free? And well, the answer now is, well, you should buy the song if you're interested in commercial rights for it, you know, or if you can buy it in a way that is non fungible to where you own a digital, uh, 
collectible that is rare, you know, uh, that gives you access to the artist. Like that's a reason that you should, that you might buy something that you could otherwise listen to for free, because that makes, that makes nap, that makes the idea of Napster and the idea of piracy that makes that in music, the equivalent of right click saving a JPEG. Like, sure. You have, you can look at the JPEG, you can look at it all you want. You can send it to whoever you want, but you don't own it. Makes sense. I love that. Turbo, do you want to? Yeah, a hi. Uh, hey, Spotty. Uh, my name's everybody. Uh, how's it going? Uh, thanks for the DMs. You guys are, you guys are really awesome. Thanks. Uh, my name is Turbo. Um, I entered this space because it's of great interest to me. Um, just for background, I started at MTV um, at a film that was at Sundance long ago and I became a commercial director, creative director, Super Bowl director, and then became a commercial director, creative director, Super Bowl director, and, and the like. But I'm really interested in what you're talking about, about uh, performing in the metaverse versus the meatverse. <laughs> and it hit me that uh, I might have a solution uh, that you might be interested in. Um, it's a 3D ape avatar project, uh, NFT projects. They're, it's basically what all you guys are talking about, interactive NFTs, and uh, uh, you could use it to perform. And it sort of, it, it bridges the gap, you know, sort of it's like between digital and physical. So um, hit me up if you'd be interested in that. And uh, thank you for uh, all your really just innovative art. Like everybody on here, man, it's like, really cool it's really fucking cool and i think that we have like so many possibilities with this project in particular because i want to give all apes an avatar and it's interactive so they'll be able to create their own content anything they want so are we allowed to pin anything or no um i guess you could pin something but uh yeah i guess just stick it up at the top but okay I think we're good. Well, because yep. that's the best. I, I can just. We got to keep moving. We got to keep going on, moving on with questions, though. Yes, Sorry. Of course. So as soon as you can. Yes, I will. I will do yeah, it sure. right now. Thank you so much. Hey, hey Thanks, Turbo. Turbo, I just I just followed you, and I would definitely love to talk. Um, just just cool. to clarify, I'm actually uh, I'm actually the the ape is sort of part of my entourage. The ape is my hype man, and um, I'm actually Spotty, the the crypto punk rapper. But I, I I would love to bring my ape to life too. In in 3d as well so um that would be really interesting sounds good Kristen. uh you're up here you have a question for spotty but i can do that literally for all you guys i can make a 3d easily we can make uh, a 3d version of you spotty so uh anyone who's interested in that uh let me know uh, yeah. we're, we're definitely rolling it out i like like we're gifting the first 50 so like incurring like those gas fees and stuff. And so then I'm like, we're going to, you know, it's like, seems like people are really into it and it's only been like a couple days. So uh, I just like pin that up to the top and take a look and thank you so much. I'll get off now. Awesome. <laughs> See you guys. Nope. No, no, so, no, it's all good. Turbo. Thank you very much, man. Thanks for the, uh, the knowledge and uh, thanks for hooking us up. Good, good looking out. Yeah. Yeah. My hey, pleasure. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks man. Kristen, are you, uh, can you hear me? You there? Christina? Oh, sorry, Christina. One more time. Christina, are you there? Twitter, are you there? 
All right, let's add let's add somebody else. I have a question in my DMs though. Uh, quick question for you, Spotty. Do lyrics on their own go as NFTs on the market now? They do in lyrics separately, uh, also as NFTs. Uh, that's a great question. It's something I've thought about doing. I haven't seen a musical artist do it with their lyrics, but I have seen Art Chick, who she organized the what I believe are the first collection of poems on the Ethereum blockchain. That's a project called Ether Poems. Um, so I think there's precedent for it happening with poetry. So I don't know why it wouldn't happen inevitably with lyrics. Uh, yeah, I, I have one of those uh, Ether Poems. It's it's awesome. I mean, the, the artist, the poet, she uh, speaks the poem. And for me, the one I have, like I, I just really connect with it. So I'll just close my eyes and like listen to her talk. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's, cool. it's a very cool project. That's actually was part of the inspiration for me doing a song with her. Cause to be honest, I was a little upset when I saw that she had made this collection of poems without, without talking to me because I'm, you know, this is putting words together and rhyming is, is my forte. And so I saw that and I was like a little salty, like, you know, how is a crypto punk going to make a collection of poems without the crypto punk rapper and make history doing so. So that's why we had to collab and make make some history of our own with with the song that we did together. I love that. How could she do it without you? <laughs> I, I felt I felt some type of way about it, Lucas. I'm not gonna lie. And I posted about it, and I said something like, "Oh, she doesn't want to collab with me." Apparently, and then uh, to to her credit, she replied and she said, "Yes, I do." And um, then we started talking, and and she she was just a good sport about it. And, and it was actually her idea. She was like, I want to do a song with you, which had never crossed my mind. I was just thinking like, I want to be on the next edition of ether poems or something like that. Uh, but she, she said, I want to do a song with you. And then we ended up writing the song together and, and, and putting it out. Makes sense. Elshi, El do you have a, do you have a question? Please be able to hear me. Celacy, do you have a question? It's still connecting. Oh, it doesn't say that for me. So she's a speaker. Or... Yeah. All right, next. I actually have a uh, business call I got to take, but it was awesome being up here. Hello. Body, great Hello. speaking with you. Uh, Richard, Nathan, everybody. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Um, Lucas, thank you so much, guys. Amy, thank you. Um, Spotty, so much, guys. Amy, thank you. Um, Spotty, I hope to get a DM from you, bro. I, want, I really want to work something out. So. Yes, sir. You absolutely will, man. Thank you so much. Have a good day, guys. Take care, Michael. Talk to you soon, buddy. Hey, uh, Elio, you have a question for Spotty? Uh, yes. So, uh, real quick. So, for anybody trying to get into the NFT world as a investor, artist, whatever, what is a website or, or places they should be going on to to, like, learn more about this? Uh, well, I, I can try to answer. Um, I would say you're you're in the right place. I think to me personally, I would I would probably start on on Twitter and kind of uh, find projects that you think are interesting, find projects that people are think talking about. Go to the project's actual Twitter page, and nine times out of ten, they're going to have a Discord link 
right in their in their Twitter profile, and I would go to their Discord and just start talking to people, asking questions, getting a sense of the room, and uh, just see if it and, and you know understanding like who is the team behind this, how how transparent is the team behind this about who they are and and what they're planning to do, and uh, so basically Twitter and Discord. Are, I think most people would tell you are, are the best places to keep your ear to the ground. Okay, thank you very much. And then uh, secondly, um, and Twitter so, space and Twitter spaces actually. Don't forget, Elio. Like coming into these spaces will absolutely give you the right people to actually follow and like literally communicate with, make friends with, and then they can actually kind of like hint at you where where to actually go and invest. Where and not, and not that it's financial advice but they could actually tell you what collections to look at and what's coming up and things like that. So that's, that's just some advice from me that I've learned a lot about through these spaces as well. So your second question you were going to say? So, yeah, real quick. So I, I work at NELCO, which is uh, entrepreneurship and innovation center within the university of Sagrado Corazon in Puerto Rico. And I'm trying to start a podcast within the organization. And I want to see if, the podcast gets approved if any of y'all want to come into the podcast to talk about nfts crypto and like this whole space i would i i would love to absolutely yeah dm me i'll be down thank you very much thank you sounds good thanks elio Got a couple more questions here. Three panel crimes. Go ahead, man. You got a question? Yeah, man. Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, my question is for Spotty. Pretty good. Um, in terms of async music and the uh, the concept that they got over there, I think they're called uh, stems or something like that, where you can own different parts of a song and. Uh, like the owners can actually kind of change the song itself. Uh, if I'm remembering this correctly, um, there's something I'm working on uh, that's a similar thing. I was just wondering if I don't have a music background, so I'm doing visuals for it, but I was wondering if you were aware of how that works and just if you could give any uh, advice on how to go forward with that. Thanks. Yeah, that's a really great question. I am I am aware of Async Arts music platform. I think anybody interested in music NFTs, that is a really important thing that you should familiarize yourself with. I'm not an expert as to how it works, but my understanding is you can they they create sort of um, primary versions of the song, and and I'm I'm not going to remember the actual terminology that they use, but basically they'll you can buy a, a song that changes over time the the sound of the song changes over time and you can i believe sort of take a snapshot of the song at at any point in time when a, when it changes into a version that you want to mint um and i know danger I, I know just enough to be dangerous to try to describe it to you but that's sort of the concept as i understand it and i think it's super interesting i actually uh there was actually a time where I really, really wanted to have my first drop be with async art, but I just sort of had a really hard time um, getting the right connection to their 
their team and, and getting in touch with them. Uh, but I, I have talked to them and hopefully I'll be able to do something with, hopefully I'll be able to do something with them early next year. Cause I, I think it's a really cool uh, platform that they've set up. Yeah. Cause I'm, I've been trying to figure out like what to do first um, on async as like, I guess the Genesis for that platform. I mean, we're on a bunch of other ones as well. Um, but I wanted to do something that was like, could only really exist and work um, over there. Um, so it's kind of like an interactive visual music experience. Uh, so people can kind of play with the song or buy certain parts of it. And I just, uh, yeah, thanks for answering my question, man. For sure. One more question here. Hey, Amy, do you have any more questions in your DMs? Uh, hang on, I'll just double check. I just got a couple more messages. Uh, no, they look like uh, the people who've uh, who wanted to ask them have all come up now. Okay, cool. Well then, what else do we want to talk about here, guys? Real quick, are we good, or do you uh, does uh maybe a uh, Schiller or uh, or uh, Manifold like want to give a thirty second elevator pitch because there's a lot of people in this space right now. I wasn't sure if you guys wanted to talk about it or. Uh, uh, I'm okay. Oh. You know, Manifold, we do a bunch of custom car contracts. <laughs> Oh, okay, cool. Powering the creator economy. I do want to give a shout out to West Coast NFT, which is another team that that Richard connected me with, uh, along with Manifold, and and they built my website and they worked with uh, Manifold on my contract, and um, they're they're really awesome, awesome partners, uh, both Manifold and West Coast NFT. They're they're good teams to follow on Twitter. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can talk about West Coast NFT. West West Coast NFT is actually my. My two co-founders I started my last company with, they switched over to doing kind of smart contract and NFT work, custom NFT work. And so, yeah, you know, we connected Spotty to them and, you know, they do really good work. They're just as good as I am at all smart contract programming. So definitely hit them up if you're looking for, you know, custom smart contracts or trying to do collectible projects or all those sort of things. You know, the difference between Manifold and West Coast NFT is Manifold is more of a technology provider, whereas West Coast NFT is more of a you know, a dev shop, just work, trying to like work on cool projects. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, if you want a bit of information about Schiller, we are a, we are a NFT marketing agency and we also do some consulting. So we help to support creators or projects within the NFT space to get themselves out there, get seen um, in any way that we can. So we worked with, with Spotty, uh, on his drop as well, uh, providing some marketing support. So, yeah, hit us up if you've got any questions. And even beyond marketing Thanks, support, like you guys, like you guys helped consult on strategy. You know, I had a few like, I had a few last minute panic attacks where I was like, "Are we are we thinking about this right? Or should, should we should we change this or tweak that?" And um, I would I would call up Schiller at the last minute, and and they would kind of like talk me talk talk some sense into me and um they were they were really really helpful and, and have a lot of a lot of good expertise and credibility to lean on might have one more question here if you don't mind there uh scotty or sorry spotty called scotty um process do you have a question oh hey and not a not a question um i thought you said if anybody wanted to speak uh, at the end here uh, i'm an nft product creator myself uh, who just launched something on Sunday uh, and just kind of wanted to 
get it out there. Uh, we had we gave it away for free. Uh, there were 768 of them. They were all generated on chain. Um, it's called processed art. Um, cool, man. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, it was yeah, more sorry, a question man. for Spotty. Sorry, bro. <laughs> I appreciate that. But we'll uh, we'll we'll check out your stuff for sure. I'm gonna check out your. Art <laughs> oh, thanks, and, man. Uh, we'll follow you now. Yep. Thanks, man. I guess that's it. I mean, we don't really have any more questions coming in right now. So this was a great panel, great discussion. Uh, thanks for everybody for being up here. You guys rock. Uh, Amy, Nathan, um, Schiller. Sorry, I, I, wanna, I don't know how to pronounce your name again. <laughs> Spotty, of course. Um, Richard, uh, King East, Marvos. Um, oh, we have another question here, but, uh, you know, I'm about to close the space. But, you know, what? I'll still add it anyway. You guys might have one more question. All right, cool. It's from a really important person for, uh, that I know. He's he's a really great uh, artist as well. Altered, altered, go for it, my man. Hello, how's everyone doing? Good, altered. How are I'm you? I'm doing well. Uh, unfortunately, I missed the beginning of the uh, conversation, but I was just wondering for Spotty, have have it been discussed, or have you considered uh, possibly making like a uh, type of animation or VR experience? for your music uh, in the form of like a music video using your avatar as the main figure. I think that would be a really interesting and unique way to add that uh, exclusive user experience to your art. Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. Um, we have made, uh, so before my album launch, my album launch was on Wednesday. Two weeks earlier, I actually did release three music videos that were my Genesis collection so there were three music videos each was a one-of-one one auction uh the three music videos were from three different animators with very different styles uh two of them in 2d one of them in 3d and so yeah i, I think you know animation is is going to be pivotal and very central to everything we're doing in the future uh to really bring spotty to life i totally agree with you in terms of vr um i have recently um I, I do have a an avatar, a 3D avatar that is going to be great for things like um, Somnium Space, Somnium Space, and uh, I forget the other platform, uh, VR, VR or something. I don't know, but anyway, I'm I'm not an expert in these things, but yes, uh, VR is going to be really important for like metaverse performances for Spotty to bring to bring Spotty to life uh, in concert. In, in the most like immersive and experiential way possible. So yeah, it's a big, it's a big priority for me. Um, it took a lot of time to get that avatar. It took a lot of time to get those music videos done as well. It's, it's a very time consuming process and it's not something that is like my core competency, but um, I think hopefully at least with the avatar and with the 3d artists that I worked with on the music videos, those things are now created and they are um, I can't even think of the word that they use, but you know, they're, they're, um, they're basically ready to go now, you know, so that in the future creating, creating more content with them should not be quite as time consuming. Hey, Anna, you have a question for uh, Hey, Spotty. How are you? Congratulations on all your success. Hey, so I used to make music videos, um, Rolling Stones UB40, and I did use the first ever, ever VR. Our team did. I was just on that team with uh, Stanley Jordan. 
um, years ago with the patent holder Yaron Linear, who we uh, flew down from San Francisco. So I still make music videos and I make NFTs. I've got another drop on September the 1st. You may wish to check out to see if you like my style. And I would love to be considered to make uh, one of your next music videos. So um, I've got quite a solid history in them. So that's all. And congratulations. I love your work. So And, and this holographic stuff is great. It was great hearing from Rose just then too. Thanks. That's all. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate that. And I just followed you and I'm going to DM you. I cannot meet enough uh, animated animators and music video directors. So that's music to my ears. I'm, I'm going to DM you immediately. Thank you. Awesome. That's what it's all about, making connections. Anyway, I think that's it for the questions, guys. Uh, Spot, do you want to say one more thing before we... Uh, close out the session man i just want to thank you guys this has been a crazy week uh richard is still on here i want to thank richard from like the bottom of my heart he really uh this this drop would have been nothing we could have never done what we did to innovate without all the people that richard introduced me to at west coast nft and and the manifold contract I want to thank my Rugama and Schiller because they were instrumental as well. And just everybody that tuned in, this is kind of overwhelming. Like um, it's, you know, it, it's a, it's a small NFT world, but to, to receive all this love from you guys is super humbling. And I really want to say um, shout out to Nathan. Uh, you guys should check out Nathan's photography, Nathan head photo on Twitter. He's on stage right now. If you can get one of his photos, which I'm still trying to do because now they're, they're selling out quick as soon as he puts them out. I would follow him on Rarible, follow him wherever you can follow him. His style is very distinct, very colorful, very surreal. Um, and uh, and I'm a big fan and I'm just honored to share the stage with all you guys. And Lucas and Amy, thank you for having us. My, it's uh, my absolute pleasure having you, Scotty. Um, it has been awesome. So. Thanks to everyone who's come up and asked questions as well and everyone who... Yeah, both Spotty and Nathan, I really appreciate you coming up. Yep, and the, to everybody else in the panel, thank you. And everybody else in the audience, thanks for listening. And uh, have a great rest of your uh, Saturday or wherever you are. It could be Sunday. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks again, guys. Thanks, guys. thanks Spotty. Thanks, everybody.